bell tower, taking a stand for your rights, your liberties, and all the bullshit in between. You're listening to Break the Bell Podcast. Well, well, well. It is once again uh, Monday night, and you know what that means, Bill. It is time to get the bell breaking going. It is. We are breaking bells. We are doing everything else that we do. It's just hitting the bullshit yeah, as hard as was, we can. I was going to say, the key part of that that little intro yes. th- that we have is all the bullshit in between, yeah. because we got plenty of bullshit in between. We do. It is Monday. Spare. That means it is time for another live edition of the Break the Bell podcast. Yes. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, Bell Breakers. Bill, it's good We're to back. have you back from vacation. I'm glad to be back. I missed I missed it. I missed it. I know. I missed having you. I yeah. missed not talking to the... Having somebody to talk to instead of talking to the wall. Yes. Which is what I got to do the majority of last week. I did get to talk to Remzo for a little bit, which yeah. was fun. And then he had to bail on me, so it was just me and the wall. Yeah. Which isn't a very good conversation. I called him for a little bit. But yeah, then you did, but then it, yeah, it dropped yeah. out. Then my stream dropped oh. out, and all kinds of stuff happened. So Hell broke loose. It did. It did. But we made it through it. We pulled through, and now you're here. I am. The listeners are here. And I'm not going anywhere for for almost a month. All right. Good. <laughs> <laughs> How's everybody doing out there? This is yet another live edition, and we love doing these live live streams here because we get to interact with people as much yeah. as people want to interact with us anyway. Yes. So if you want to interact with us, the comments are always open. We usually have time for call-ins, but yeah. um, not too many people... Ever take advantage of it. T- yeah, it's like you're too scared to call in yeah. and give your... We must intimidate you. Yeah. Do we intimidate you? I, I think we must. Is it... I mean, is it our over-masculine <laughs> presence that we... That's got to be it. That's no, got to be I it. Don't, I don't know about that, but... <laughs> How's everybody doing? We got a fun show going on. I don't know about fun, but we got an interesting <laughs> show to do tonight. Yes. And this Itch. whole st- thing is going to stem around this whole... Um, what, what sparked my interest in this was this whole like social media push, like Facebook starting to push, mm-hmm. um, like warning against extremism. Ooh, scary right. extremism. Right. Has, oh. has you or a loved one been exposed yes. to extremism? Yes. If so, call <laughs> the law offices of Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it, just seeing those just like just as reminiscent of the late... January days when they started like cracking yes. down, yeah. And Parlor, so, um, yeah. You know when they cracked down on that and and Facebook and yeah. Yep. So I I see another crackdown coming. Yes. And I don't think it's going to be um, just specific to social media. We were supposed to get some major attack yesterday. That's what I heard. But yeah. Maybe it was thwarted. It must have been. Maybe thwarted. that was that yes. uh that group that was we talked about yesterday that was. Stood up on the oh, street, yes. like stood had a standoff on the Massachusetts street. The the Moors, the Moors, yeah. Maybe yes. that was the thwarted uh, extremist mm-hmm. attack, but who knows? Who knows? Maybe maybe so- secret thwarting happened that we don't know. But we don't know of all That's the true. thwarting that happens. Our I'm, intelligence, you know, they're they're so efficient, you know, and they're they're doing stuff we never even know mm-hmm. about. And know? we're we're not even. Intelligent enough, yes, to comprehend the level yeah, that, that they're on. That's why they can't even explain it to us. They can't. We can't. Yeah. I mean, it would just make our minds yeah. explode. Um, 
all hell would break loose. Yeah. Society would collapse if they explained all the thwarting. Like, I just want to keep saying thwarting because it's a fun word for me. So, <laughs> like, remember the the major war with Canada, and we'll be like, "What?" And they're like, "You're welcome." <laughs> <laughs> wow, <laughs> a covert war against Canada. Yes. That is not something I thought would ever be a thing. No. Before we get into this week's episode, talking about um, this threat, this new witch hunt is what I call it, but yes. what. They're calling it the major threat of domestic extremism. Before we get into that, obviously, we ought to talk about the extremist viewpoints of our favorite coffee company, <laughs> which is Run Your Mouth Coffee. <laughs> because they, they support extreme ideologies like, you know, free speech, yes. um, constitutional rights, absolutely, um, Second Amendment rights, th- those extremist extreme views. Yeah. Yes. So, those uh, people need to be shut down. Yes. Um, they... Before they get shut down, though, you should probably go purchase some coffee from them because um, they are delicious. They support all the sh- extremist views that we we support, <laughs> like those free speech and stuff. So we probably will be shut down after episodes yes. and, like and this. hopefully they won't be after we talked about this. <laughs> we use their name and Thanks, extremism. Thanks, guys. Yes. Thanks. <laughs> it's like, God damn it. <laughs> no, no, stop it. Go to rymcoffee.com and get... Delicious coffee, yeah. Fresh roasted coffee delivered straight to your door. Um, support free speech. Support small businesses. Support delicious coffee because yeah. it's American. Um, like we always say, if you love coffee as much as you value free speech, go to rymcoffee.com. Get your extremism on. Yeah, get your <laughs> extremism on with your extreme cup. We should of get paid for these slogans. <laughs> the extreme cup. <laughs> of run your mouth coffee. Tell them we sent you by using the extreme <laughs> promo code break the bell, all one word break the bell and get an extreme discount of 10% off. <laughs> oh, man. I think I might have ran that one into the ground. I think so. Extreme. <laughs> it, it, brought it, to you by the letter E. <laughs> it is it is extremely delicious. <laughs> rymcoffee.com. Check them out. Extreme. <laughs> that is all. <laughs> oh, man. This could go off the rails so fast. I'm glad to have you back because it's easier to go off the rails. Yes. It's harder for me to go off the rails by myself because I have notes in front of me. That's true. Yes. But my ADD kicks in when you start talking, and I lose track of my notes. And if nobody's talking to me, I can't really lose track. So yes. that's why I like you here, so we can just go completely I, off I, the rails. I can take you off the rails with me. Yes. I mean, it's our show. Exactly. We reserve the right to go as far off the rails as we want. Yes. And hopefully you guys enjoy it. Or... Maybe you don't, but yes. you haven't told us otherwise, so we're going to keep doing <laughs> you, what we're yeah, doing. Yeah, if you're like, stop, just stop. Just please, get back on topic. Bring it back. Come on. <laughs> um, before we get into this episode, we got to remind you to check us out all over social media. I think Parlor's gone. I think it's completely gone. Really? Because I went to look for it on Google Play. It's not there. I went to try to find it on the interwebs, oh. and I, I couldn't find any sign of it. I, I, I erased the app, to be honest. I still have the okay. app logo, but when you click on it, it gives like an error, and it's oh. done it for like a month. Interesting. And so I was like, well, maybe I need to update the app. So I went into Google Play, and it didn't exist. Huh. And I couldn't find it on my computer either. I, I just don't think it exists. Wow. So They black-bagged it. If it exists, we are on Parlor. Check us out <laughs> there if you can find it. Otherwise, check us out everywhere else, Facebook, Twitter, everywhere at um, Break the Bell Pod. All one word, obviously, you can't put spaces in No, those you don't things. want to do that. Break the bell pod. You'll, you'll find us all over the place. Um, 
We have a Facebook forum where you can get in called the Break the Bell Forum, and you can get in and, ch- and chat back and forth with us. You get exclusive stuff, so yeah. it's good. Yeah, it is nice. Um, otherwise, uh, we have a Patreon where you can uh, sign up to support us and get extra bonus content and other extra stuff like stickers yeah. and T-shirts and stuff like that. So uh, check out all that stuff, patreon.com slash break the bell for that one. Um, I think I'm going to eventually get us a hardcore website going. Not a really? hardcore, but an actual <laughs> legit. You may get all kinds of traffic on that. <laughs> legitimate website. Well, you did say we should stream to Pornhub. Oh, uh, you know, I thought maybe it would just give us that, that next level that we're looking for. <laughs> I don't know what we're looking for that we're going there, but... So check us out all over social media. Why is my logo still right in front of my face? It's been there the whole time. It has. All over social media. Check us out. Um, Like and share. So that way we can do bigger and better things. um, Have more exposure before we get completely shut down for saying the word extreme 18,000 times in our intro. (laughs) At least we didn't say far right. That's true. Yeah, so... Come, uh, come off the rails alt-right. far right, yes. alt right <laughs> to the extreme. All right, so th- this episode we are going to be digging into this witch hunt, like I said, against domestic terrorists, domestic extremists. However, yes. they're defining it. I don't even think they know how to define it yet. No, so it's just anybody that disagrees with it's them. a witch hunt. Is yeah. what it is. Yeah. It's the latest witch hunt. It's oh, like McCarthyism all over oh, again. Okay, yeah, You're, it's like the blacklist. Yeah, right. Of yeah. the fifties or whatever. They'll be like, um. Are you or have you ever been a far-right person? Or a member of the Boogaloo Boys. <laughs> yes, or Proud Boys. All right, we are going to get into this right now if you got no objection. Any objections? No objection whatsoever. All right, let's get into this intro Continue, and get counselor. into this show about the warning against domestic extremism. Yes. Here we go. Here we go. What did you say? You talking to me? What, what the heck are you talking about? What did you say? What did you say? What did you say? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? What did you say? What did you say? Are you talking to me? Well, maybe he was talking to me. What did you say? Talk to me. Heaven's name you're talking about. Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, baby. What did you just say? What did you say? You're talking to me. Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? What the hell are you talking about? Who are you talking to? Right, and we are back. It's funny, on uh, vacation, my, my kids and my nephew, uh, throughout the whole time, they they liked to uh, sing our theme song. They, they really? like our theme song that much. <laughs> so we got them into Pantera just yes. because of our podcast. <laughs> we did. <laughs> well, my, my son um, knows all the lines. Yeah, they were doing that too. The entire thing. Yeah. So he'll just see it, and he'll just reap like, as I'm watching it. Because he actually sat there as I edited the mm-hmm. whole intro video, so... He's seen it probably 50,000 times. That's so. funny. So, yeah, he knows it word for word. We are here. We are listening to the sounds of At The Wayside. Once again, they are our friends. We are promoting their music because it's beautiful, angsty, early 2000s 
punk pop music, as yeah. uh, Ramzo's friends called it last week. Mm-hmm. So uh, we like that angsty 2000s yeah, pop like punk it. music. <laughs> so we we keep listening to it. We keep promoting it. Check out their their songs, their music um, on Spotify or wherever else you listen to music, and check them out all over social media at at the Wayside. They should they should just have the at symbol the Wayside. So it's at the Wayside. I what? mean. Why weren't they thinking? They should go to me for their marketing. They, yes, <laughs> uh, obviously. obviously. Everybody needs to come to us. All right, Bill, we have to get going on this episode because... We got a lot. We got a lot to cover. Yeah. Because this is a ridiculous topic that yes. I don't even like. You know how back in the back was it early 2000s, mid-2000s, you know, they had the buzzword of radicalized mm-hmm. Islamic fascist. <laughs> well... Radicalized Islamic... <laughs> Islamists? Yes, that was it. Yes, yes. Well, Islamo-fascist. There you go. Islamo-fascist. Yes. Well, Is that we, a George Bush phrase? That was our, yes, our GW picks. Mm, I love GW. Yes, he's got I, some great sound clips. He has some great quotes. <laughs> That's all I love him for is his <laughs> ridiculous quotes and the ridiculous memes that came out of the oh, GW yeah, administration. Yeah. That was back like, before memes were really I know, thing. they really were. He was like the original like yeah. viral meme <laughs> president. So, um... To kick this thing off, Bill, I wanted to show you this um, this thing that popped up all over social media, and I'm sure you've seen it, and I'm sure oh, yes. the people have seen it. I didn't actually get this on mine, but I saw several people that were posting it saying they did. This this warning. I mean, social media is going above and beyond. Yes, thank God. You know, someone to protect got to, us, right? I know from our extremist friends and their extreme yes. ideologies. Mark, Mark Zuckerberg is ahead of the curve. He is. So this says. Are you concerned that someone you know is becoming an extremist? We care about preventing extremism on Facebook. Others in your situation have received confidential support. How can how you can help? Hear stories and get advice from people who escaped violent extremist wow. groups. Wow. And there's a fancy little get support button there. What or there's if you push it. Have you pushed it? I have. Like I said, I just saw all the screenshots. I didn't yeah. get it myself. You, they probably flag you so they can, like, tap your phones and, and everything so they can, like, see who the extremist is oh, in your probably. life. probably. My favorite button on there is the close button. <laughs> because I would have just closed it and yeah. be like, fuck you, Mark. Right. I'm not going to rat out my extremist friends. Yes. <laughs> be like, if, yes, I, I do know a violent extremist. Um, they, they joined Antifa and... Um, <laughs> yeah, you start tagging just <laughs> yeah. people you hate on social media. <laughs> oh, that'd be a horribly dick move. I don't even think I'd do that to my enemies. And I don't even... I don't even know if I have anybody I consider enemies, no. but I want to do it to the people that annoy me on Facebook. Yes. <laughs> so um, so that's what kind of sparked my whole attention towards this, because we all knew that Biden was unrolling these new right. like, bill or we talked about months ago. We, we did like a surveillance state right. episode where we talked about those like shortly following the January 6th insurrection, right. um, where we talked about how uh, they were starting to roll out a new Patriot Act style. The the new social media purge and where that was going to go. Yeah, we knew that they were going to revamp a Patriot Act for this. And so early in June, they actually released this these regulations or these um, the, the, the strategy. Terrors. It was a strategy, the okay. national strategy for countering domestic terrorism. Before we dig into that, um, I just want to talk a little bit more about this whole Facebook bullshit that that with this post. Because uh, apparently it was just a test. Is all just there, a test? It was a test for for now. What were they testing for? Um, AIDS, <laughs> mostly. <laughs> okay, okay. Like extremist AIDS. <laughs> Extreme AIDS. <laughs> wow. 
So Zero Did Hedge. Did Fauci make that too? Probably. <laughs> Zero Hedge is talking about this Facebook message um, asking users about potential extremist friends. It says, some Facebook users have recently reported being sent warning messages from social media giant related to extremists or extremist content. Are you concerned that someone you know is extre- is becoming extremist? That The whole bullshit that I just read yes. there. It, said, it talks about the get support button. Um, it talks about people that like posting this all over social media. Like the day that this came out, everybody was sharing screenshots. Did you get this? Did you get this? Mm. It says Facebook randomly sent me this notice about extremism. And when I clicked over to the app, pretty weird. The get support button just goes to the short article asking people to not be hateful. So there wasn't really any support at this really? point. Says a Facebook spokesperson com- confirmed to the Epoch Times on July 1st that the company is currently running warnings as a test to some users. So it's not even like a Facebook-wide thing. They're just just like a test t- trial trial run. It is the, I mean, do they come up with like symptoms? Like, how do you know? <laughs> I don't know. Well, like I said, it just it just redirected yeah. them to like don't hate people type. Right. Uh, page so they're what they hadn't even come up with their solution for this yet they just were rolling it out to see probably to see if people would click i want to see like their symptoms that come out like does someone you know suddenly listen to country music does someone you know suddenly wear second amendment t-shirts yes or american flag t-shirts yeah or wave the american flag which we know at based on our um, weekend wrap-up episode that american flags are divisive and extreme in some people's minds right now but um, Facebook's response is, this test is part of a larger work to assess ways to provide resources and support to people on Facebook who may have engaged with or were exposed to extremist content or may know someone who is at risk. Do you know what this, this test really is for? Yeah. See how many fucking people would rat out their friends. Oh, yeah, That's absolutely. all it is. Oh, yeah. They're yeah. like, let's see how many people we yeah. can get to click on this. Otherwise, if they were seeing how... They could assess ways to provide this. They would have redirected to more than just, Absolutely. Yeah. hey, uh, don't be hateful. Yeah. They would have actually given oh, yeah. them and, a and resource. So they got a counter of everybody that clicked mm-hmm. support. And so you got some Karen and be like, well, Joe Bob, he posted a meme and it said that he he wanted guns. You know, something yeah. like that. John Boy, he wears a Confederate flag on a belt buckle in one of his pictures, so yeah. he's pretty. I think he's developing extreme. It, yeah, it's just a Absolutely. measure to see how many people will rat out their friends. Yes. And yeah. see how many people will go along with this narrative mm-hmm. to, um, like, the whole 1984 scenario when yes. we went over the book, how the kids, like, they had to be careful around the kids because the kids were yeah. getting indoctrinated yeah. to turn their parents in and oh, shit yeah. like that. So they want to know how many kids will turn their parents in or oh, yeah. turn their friends in. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if this is something that, you know, they'll talk about in schools. Be like, hey, you know, do you know somebody who's turning extremist? You know, if do you need to talk to a counselor? Yep. It says, the message come after lawmakers have repeatedly targeted and pressured CEOs of big tech firms, such as Facebook, Twitter, Google, and Microsoft, essentially accusing them of allowing extremism, misinformation, and cyberbullying on their platform. Such social media companies have faced criticism from Republicans who have accused them of censoring conservative voices and limiting the reach or outright blocking content that portrays Democrat political figures in a negative light. I don't think this has anything to do with the backlash for like censorship or the the backlash for allowing extremism. I think this is exactly what I said. It's yeah. I th- I think these these corporations are hand in hand with the government and they're seeing how 
what information they can collect yeah. and how they can get people to turn on other people. That's mm-hmm. what it is. Yeah. So none of the rest of this really even matters because it none of their excuses here are valid to me. Yeah, uh, no, I don't It doesn't so. make any sense to me why they would roll out this, this just click on this, but we're going to offer zero resources. At least redirect them to a page that actually offers some kind of help because what if they click on that actually looking for help and they're like, well, shit, they didn't do anything for me, so right. why would I click on that again? Right. No, it's just seeing who would click is all it is. It says these warning messages are sure to trigger even more negative feedback against Facebook and its CEO, Mark Zuckerberg, over fears that the company is attempting to stifle free speech. On Twitter, screenshots of the warning messages were being shared in mass on July 1st. Many users expressed concern over the direction Facebook is taking. I, I agree. I, I see that, too. But, again, I, I don't think it's going to be a free speech censoring no, thing. I think no. it's just, hey, let's let's get compile a list of yeah. everybody and these people are their resources now. Right. The people that they know will click on these things. They right. know will report that they well, are now the resources. And and again, like we talked about months ago, you know, it's like these people that do that little little window in their profile picture that says, "I will not get vaccinated," you mm-hmm. know, or or you know, people that you know post that kind of stuff. I mean, that they're on a list. Well, they're, they're being watched. Those windows were offered. By Facebook. Exactly. Facebook. Exactly. You don't think they're not keeping track of that stuff? Right. Yeah. They're 100% keeping track of everybody yeah. who puts that bullshit on their screen. Yeah. Because I, why would a company that is fully, obviously fully supports being 100% vaccinated because they're always posting, yeah. hey, uh, get your vaccination. Have you got your vaccination today? Right. Hey, Bill, did you get vaccinated? Right. They're here, click here, and I can show you all these vaccination right. places. Yeah. But then they offer this frame that mm-hmm. you can put on your profile picture yeah. that says, hell no, I'm not getting vaccinated, bitch. Right. Yeah. So Facebook offers that. No way they're going to be possibly keeping track of everybody. Oh, that, yeah, right. I mean, is that considered extremist behavior there? I, I think it is. I, I Conspiracy theory stuff, you know. Uh, why, yeah. why not just be compliant and get your shot? No, you're absolutely right. But let's get into this strategy that Joe Biden in the White House released, talking about um, how we can combat extremism, terrorism, domestic terrorism, extremism, what what have you, whatever we're calling it these days. I don't even think they've decided what to call it. We need something that, you know, we've been good with slogans. We need to come up with something snappy. (laughs) We do. We do. We'll send it to Joe Biden. There you go. (laughs) And we'll get on a list somewhere. (laughs) So, obviously, this all... I'm not saying it stemmed from the January 6th stuff, but they used January 6th to ramp up as much as they could. Right. And quick, fast-track this stuff as fast as they could. Biggest attack on democracy since since the the Civil Civil War. War. Yep, absolutely. So um, back in mid-June, the White House released this national strategy for countering domestic terrorism. And the one I'm going to look at here is not the full, like, 50-page or sure. whatever strategy. This is just the fact sheet from the White House, which kind of is a, a breakdown, like for dummies sure. version of it. Which is perfect for us. Which is what they think we are anyway. Yes. So we might as well read the dummies fact sheet. So it says, this is from whitehouse.gov. It says, on his first full day in office, President Biden directed his national security team to lead a 100-day 
comprehensive review of U.S. government efforts to address domestic terrorism. So he, he started day one, they're saying. Right. The White House even says day one, this was his goal, was yeah. to roll yeah. out some kind of measures for this, right. to tackle the threat of domestic terrorism. He says, which has evolved into the most urgent terrorism threat to the United States that the United States faces today. Really? The most urgent. As a result of that review, the Biden administration is releasing the first ever national strategy for countering domestic terrorism to address this challenge to America's national security and improve the federal government's response. So it goes blah, 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 says a bunch of stuff that I'm not going to read this whole thing because it's really long. Even for the breakdown, it's really long. But here's my favorite. It says under federal law, this is the definition of domestic right. terrorism under federal law. Which which was defined as an addendum in the Patriot Act. Yeah. So it, under federal law, domestic terrorism is defined as activities that involved acts dangerous to human life that are a violation of the criminal laws of the United States or of any state appear to be intended to intimidate or coerce a civilian population to influence the policy of government by intimidation or coercion, or to affect the conduct of a government by mass destruction, assassination, kidnapping, and occur primarily within the territorial jurisdiction of the United States. So the part that they added for the domestic was that last phrase, that right. territorial jurisdiction of the United States. Right. So the rest of it comes basically straight out of the Patriot Act. Sure. But if you look there, I, I just want to point out some key elements here because as I get more into this episode I'm having a hard time understanding where they're getting the whole domestic terrorism thing right. because by definition they appear to be intended to intimidate or coerce civilian inf uh, civilian population to influence the policy of a government by intimidation or to affect the conduct of the government by mass destruction so it's like a lot of like influencing of full populations or, like, influencing the government or coercing the, the government. Right. That's the definition of terrorism. Right. It's not typically, like, just a hate crime, like right. blowing up a church because of different ideologies. Right. It's not, like, blowing up a mosque. That's mm -hmm. not really defined right. it's as domestic terror terrorism. Domestic that, terrorism. That would just be a hate crime. That would be a hate crime. I right. Would, <laughs> according to my dumb brain, I guess. Yeah. But as we get into it, you're seeing, like, well, domestic terrorism is on the rise. Uh, like, 675 right. cases since blah, blah, blah. It's but just like, but where, what about all the cases of, remember ISIS? Mm -hmm. Remember, you know, the shooters, the, the people mowing people down on bridges, uh, you know, from their cars? I mean, you know, the, the Orlando um, nightclub shooting. I mean, all that stuff, right? The the The... Uh, military guy down at the at Fort uh, uh, is it Fort Worth down in Texas where the guy opened fire and and killed you know I yeah. mean wouldn't that all be considered domestic terrorism? You would think one would think, but no, this, they were considered but... mass shootings. Yeah, well, that's that's the gray area I want to talk about a little right. bit later. Is there's mass shootings, which is has been very loosely defined in the last couple of years. Yeah, and then there's domestic terrorism which is very loosely defined, and then there's the gray area. Right. And depending on the narrative that they're trying to push is right. what they call it. And because, that's exactly it. Because, yeah, we'll get into some articles where they're like, domestic terrorism is on the rise, and it's, and it's just like, what are the examples? And you start looking at someone, and it's just like, yeah, that seemed more like just a mass shooting. Right, yeah. Or that seemed like a hate crime. Right. I can see that defined as a hate crime, but yeah. why right. are we 
why are we specifically pinpointing that now yeah. as domestic terrorism? Right, right. So let's keep moving on in this, this article here. It says, The review is rooted in an expert assessment of the domestic terrorism threat provided by the intelligence and law enforcement communities. An unclassified summary of the assessment was released in March so the public could see the key findings. So we can't see all the findings. No, right. We can only see the unclassified su- summary exactly. of it. what they want us to see. What What is in there that we can't see, that we're not allowed to see? <laughs> well, <laughs> I, 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 can, I can only surmise. Yeah. <laughs> says, it found that the two most lethal elements of today's domestic terrorism threats are, one, Racially or ethnically motivated violent extremists who advocate for the superiority of the white race. That's the number one and, and most how, lethal element of domestic terrorism today. How many cases of domestic terrorism have you seen where white supremacists have blown shit up or opened fire on mass numbers of people? It depends on your definition of domestic terrorism. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I mean... Again, they're they're assuming that January sixth was completely what racially motivated. Yeah, but it was just more like protesting right. a contested election that right. they felt was um, was cheated. Yeah, right. That's I, what that was. There was, I mean, you can tie it to racial, like white supremacy, if you can prove that. Donald Trump was a white supremacist, and right. all his followers are white supremacists. Right. That's how they make that tie. But that's exactly what they're they're claiming is that right. was all white supremacy based. Right. Yeah. Which which makes you think that they're trying to build it up. So come twenty twenty four, well, Trump's an extremist. He promotes domestic terrorism. Right. Oh yeah. And so therefore, he should not be allowed to run. Yeah. I mean, they're throwing everything at Trump oh, right absolutely. now, and he's not even the one they need to worry about, no. which is hilarious. So no. So number one is racially and ethnically motivated, mostly white supremacists, and then number two is anti-government or anti-authority violent extremists, such as militia violent extremists, but not Antifa or BLM. No. 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 Do white supremacists or the militias? Oh, I, those are yes. the two things. Oh, right got there. it. Those are those are the ones we need to worry about. Yeah, gotcha. those are the two most lethal. They're the ones that build down, burn down the stores and loot buildings. Oh, and I'm going to talk about all of this. Yes, I, because I you, the, you the hypocrisy there. is bullshit and ridiculous. Yes, um, even some articles where they're talking about these things, they they wanted to get, they didn't want to. Um, kind of tie this to like actual protests and stuff right. like we want to be able to divide between this right. and protests specifically right. saying like but the, those things do, okay. do you remember though when trump came out and was like we're declaring antifa as a domestic terrorist and everybody's mm-hmm. like there's no such thing as antifa you idiot mm-hmm. it's not even a real thing it's not an organization it's a bunch of splintered groups that are completely unorganized yeah but according to this like According to a lot of this stuff that I've been reading, they're even saying, well, a lot of these are mostly like lone elements and blah, blah, blah. But right. but they have been radicalized through contacts on social media, like um, social networking has right. brought them together. So they can say that the lone elements of white supremacists are brought together in a group through social media, but we can't say that Antifa right. was 
elements that were brought together through social media and right. extremists. Even though they completely It's the whole hypocrisy bullshit it of it. Well, and I looked it up. As of 2015, there was 276 known militia groups operating in the United States. Mm-hmm. So and They're coming after them because yeah. they're number, one, number two on the most lethal elements of today's domestic terrorism. Yeah. Second to white supremacists. So it says, to develop a government-wide strategy to counter domestic terrorists, the Biden administration consulted extensively with a wide array of experts across the U.S. government, as well as the leaders of Congress, state and local governments, academics, social or civil society, religious communities, and foreign governments. So That's he consulted with stuff. all these people yes. to come up with this? I don't, I don't believe it. No, I don't either. <laughs> this is my favorite. This is my favorite line in the whole thing. Throughout the process, we embraced the protection of civil rights and civil liberties as a national security imperative. Bullshit. <laughs> In coming up with this strategy, we made sure we embraced the protection of civil rights. Right, right. No. No, bullshit. Yeah. No, because you basically piggybacked off the Patriot Act, which mm-hmm. was a blatant like slap in the face to civil rights and yeah. civil liberties. Absolutely. And you want to say, oh, don't worry, we embrace yeah. the protection just, of this. Just ask Edward Snowden about that. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And why is uh, Julian Assange still not allowed in the country? Right. Hmm. So um, they went through these four pillars of this strategy. So I want to just kind of briefly touch on these four pillars because everything has to have its pillars. We yes. can't just have just a strategy. we got to have the pillars. we got to have pillars set forth <clears throat> upon by a task force. <laughs> of course. Number one, pillar one, understand and share domestic terrorism-related information. That, to me, just sounds like data collection. Yeah, that's all that is. Data collection and data sharing. Yep. The U.S. government will enhance domestic terrorism analysis, or data collection, and improve information sharing throughout law enforcement at federal, state, local, tribal, and territorial levels. And where appropriate, private sector partners. So they'll share your data with private sector, too. Right. Oh, well. And they're getting information from private sector. Oh, absolutely. Like Facebook. Clicks from Mm -hmm. Facebook. Absolutely. The DOJ and federal, or the DOJ and FBI have implemented a robust system to methodically track domestic terrorism cases nationwide. Do you know what that robust system is? Social media. Data collection. (laughs) (laughs) The Department of State as well as the intelligence and law enforcement communities are learning more from foreign partners about the international dimensions of this threat. Wow, they're going to foreign partners. Yes. So they don't have to spy on us. They're just going to the foreign partners right. who will spy on us. For them. For them, yep. yes. But that way they don't have to worry about, you know, sticking with civil liberties. Yes, obviously. Because <laughs> it's the old just... GW trick. Exactly. And just go around well, that. We just send you to a different country, and that way we don't have to worry about keeping your civil liberties. Exactly. The Department of State will continue to assess whether additional foreign entities linked to domestic terrorism can be designated as foreign terrorist organizations or specifically designated global terrorists under relevant statutory criteria. So that's assuming that Russia is maybe helping to fund domestic terrorists. Well, the way this goes is they can't... So right now, there are no domestic terrorist charges. Right. I mean, there's all kinds of other charges you can charge them for, like, Murder and kidnapping right. and insurrection, illegal and weapons, illegal weapons, all these things. Right. But there's no like actual domestic terrorism charge. Charge, but there right. is terrorism charges. Yeah. So if they can tie a domestic organization to a foreign terrorist right. organization, then they can throw the book at them that way. Gotcha. So 
right now they're assessing whether they need to keep doing it the way they're doing it or if they need to come up with an actual domestic terrorist charge. charge. It says DHS is enhancing its analysis of open source information to identify threats earlier and will create structured mechanisms for receiving and sharing within government credible non-governmental analysis or data collection. So they're coming after your data as they always have. So that's I'd be still curious there. though, like how how rigorous would the Department of Homeland Security actually like track these people? Because I know there is a Homeland Security office that had a picture of Obama on their dartboard. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I, I don't know. It really depends. I mean, you look at, we talked about the military, upper echelons of the military, and how right. they're moving this these same directions. Yeah. And so it's going to start trickling down. I mean, they're coming after, they're screening the military, screening right. law enforcement right. to make sure they don't have any extremists of extremists elements in it. Right. And we that, saw that when they were looking for security for mm, the inauguration. Yeah. And then um, there was like a, a domestic terrorism, extremism stand down that the entire military had to undergo. Right. Yeah. And yeah. They're ramping up yeah. their screening of their um, the military members, too. So yeah. who knows? says, pillar number two is prevent domestic terrorism recruitment and mobilization to violence. Okay. All right. So we're preventing recruitment and mobilization to violence. Drawing on the expertise of a variety of departments and agencies, the U.S. government has revamped support to community partners who can help to prevent individuals from ever reaching the point of committing terrorism or violence. The U.S. government will strengthen domestic terrorism prevention resources and services. This is kind of like these um, social media right. groups where you can turn them in early, like oh, report them ahead of time before Something they become. Happens. I mean, that's basically going to turn into criminalizing ideology. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Thought, thought crimes thought is what crimes. that's going yep. to turn into. Yep. It says um, the government will... It says, for the first time, the Department of Homeland Security has designated domestic violent extremism as a national priority within the Department of Homeland Security grant program, which means that over $77 million will be allocated to state, local, tribal, territorial partners to pre protect against and respond to domestic extremism. You're going to see a lot of money thrown at this. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it's interesting. When it turns into, like... A boogeyman scenario mm -hmm. where you you can chase this to the ends of the earth and just keep getting money thrown at it. Oh yeah, you can get as much funding as you want to this. Well, and again, we we already saw the 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 traces of federal involvement in um, January sixth, mm -hmm. where they may have coerced or you know somehow you know infiltrated and then kind of coerced groups to to act on mm -hmm. January 6th. So how much more of there is there out there where federal agents are infiltrating these militias and encouraging them to act Well, look, just so they can crack down? I mean, the federal government, the federal agencies are not short of incidents where they infiltrated and basically like entrapped people into doing criminal activities. So right. you look at like the Ruby Ridge incident that all sparked because a federal agent asked a guy to saw off a shotgun for him. Mm -hmm. And he was like, 
shit, sure, I'll saw off a shotgun. And they slapped him with federal weapons charges, right. even right. though a federal agent t- had no evidence whatsoever that this guy was illegally mm. distributing weapons of yeah. any sort up till that point. He's just like, well, how do I make a sawed-off shotgun? He's like, well, shit, just take this hacksaw and saw it off. There you go. Yeah. Weapons charges, federal weapons charges. Right. And then Ruby Ridge came out of that. Mm-hmm. The standoff at Ruby Ridge came from... What's to say that this isn't happening in all these other scenarios oh, where yeah. they're coercing people that they think have these extreme I- ideologies to, well, maybe if we say such and such or give them an outlet, mm-hmm. let's see if they'll act on it. Well, who's at fault there? Right. Is that the people with the ideology or the people that push them to act on that? Right. I mean, either yeah. way, it's just as shitty. Yeah. If you're pushing somebody that you know might potentially be an extremist mm-hmm. to do to actually act out on it, yeah. you're a shitty person too. Absolutely. Right. It's entrapment. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised we haven't seen Hollywood come out with all these movies where there's violent uh, domestic terrorist Yet. extremists out there. It's oh, coming. I'm sure the next year is going to be filled with it. It will. It's coming. Says the U.S. government will improve public awareness of federal resources to address concerning or threatening behavior before violence occurs. This, again, is pretty much criminalizing mm-hmm. or, like, at least, like, demonizing ideologies. Right, right. It's like, well, let's let's attack it before, it be- before violence ever occurs. Right, yeah. Like, where does that go from there? Right. Like, and, and, and what constitutes... Concerning or threatening behavior, right. especially when it's something like this where you're ratting on your friends. It's like, mm-hmm. like you said, is it because I wear a freaking uh, Confederate flag? Right. Right. Is it because I, I, my kid's holding a gun in one yeah. of my Facebook posts? I don't wear right. Confederate flags. I'm just no. using no. that as an example. But, but, I mean, for instance, I know I have several family members pissed at me because I won't get the vaccine. Mm. And so would they consider me an extremist because yeah. I won't get a vaccine? And yeah. will they report me? Yeah, I don't know. So, yeah, like I said, addressing concerning or threatening behavior. Like, what does that even mean? Like, who defines that? Well, Again, it's it. loosely defined. Exactly. It's it's whoever, I mean, it could be somebody who, you know, somebody cut me off in traffic and uh, I think they had a Trump sticker mm-hmm. to, you know, this guy was, you know, reading Mein Kampf. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it goes on to say the government will augment its efforts to odd. To address online terrorist recruitment and mobilization to violence by domestic terrorists through increased information sharing with tech, the technology sector, again, data collection, and the creation of innovative ways to foster digi- digital literacy and build resilience to recruitment and mo- mobilization. That sounds just like censorship. Yeah. So data collection and censorship is what that all sounds like. Yeah. Let's move on to pillar three. Disrupt and deter domestic is, terrorism wait, activity. I'm sorry. Back to pillar two. Okay. What is this? United States also recently joined the Christ Church call to action to eliminate terrorist and violent extreme content online. What is the what is uh, the Christ I, that, Church? I don't know. That's news to me. Is that an actual church or? <laughs> I don't. Know. Oh, we'll have to find that out. We'll have to look that up. An in- international partnership between governments and technology companies. So what does that have to do with a church? Or is that just a person's name, maybe? Uh, that works to develop new multilateral solutions to eliminating terrorist content online while safeguarding the freedom of online expression. That sounds like That Facebook. sounds counterproductive. Yeah, right. <laughs> sounds, sounds like an oxymoron. <laughs> eliminating content while safeguarding freedom of online expression. Right. Like, I wonder how much of the content online is actually 
terrorist content because they're saying eliminate terrorist content but still allow freedom of expression. Right, yeah. Mm. I don't know. So moving on. Pillar three, disrupt and deter domestic terrorism activity. The work of the federal law enforcement as well as our state, local, tribal, and territorial law enforcement partners is critical to countering domestic terrorism. The U.S. government will increase support to federal, state, and local enforcement in addressing domestic terrorism nationwide. So it says... U.S. Attorney's Office and FBI field offices across the country have formally made domestic terrorism as a top priority. We already read all this. Yes, we know. This is my favorite. It says um, allocating uh, funding and resources as needed to the target the threat. That includes over $100 million in additional resource to the DOJ, FBI, and DHS. Beautiful. This is included in Biden's fiscal year 2022 budget. Again, let's throw more money into right. the agencies. Yep. Get them, get them. Do you know? We'll put yes men, yes men in our in at the head of the agencies and have them do what we want them to do and throw money at them. Well, you think about it. We're throwing money at the agencies that supposedly knew something was going to happen on January sixth in right. the first place. Yeah. Didn't it do anything about it? Right. Didn't yeah. it do anything to solve that problem beforehand? Let's just throw more money at them. Right. To fight this problem that was started on January 6th. Yes. Well, it's a good thing Biden consulted top people on this. How many... Let's throw domestic terrorism definition out the window and just, like, these extremist people, like mass shootings and stuff like that. How many of them do we come back and find they were on FBI list? Oh, yeah. Right. They They knew about them. They were on watch list. They knew about them. That guy was arrested or turned in by his mom because he... Had... He threatened so-and-so. He he kept a diary that with a kill list on it or something. Yeah. Yet, let's throw $100 million more million at these agencies that drop the ball all the fucking time. Yeah. Or yeah. intentionally let them go to see what happens. Well, I don't that's know. exactly it. I, I, that's exactly it. Let's, let's see what happens. Let, the, let them slip through the cracks. Something big will happen. And then we can really go to work. Mm-hmm. Then we can use this in our advantage. Exactly. Just I like mean, I talked about with my Biden theory last week. Conspiracy theory? I don't know. Right. Probably. But still... Either way, whether they're letting them go or they're dropping the ball, yeah. what is throwing more money at these agencies that are fucking well, up in the first right. place? And well, I mean, to be honest, if you're in the FBI or some law enforcement, wouldn't it be easier if citizens didn't have weapons? Oh, yeah. Right? So if there's lots of mass shootings, isn't it easier to deal with if you don't got to worry about I it? I forgot. I have a section that this list doesn't include oh. this bre- this little minor breakdown but I found in the actual like fifty-page thing oh. back in Pillar Two. Okay, you want to see what that includes? I would love to. It says right here: reducing both supply and demand of recruitment materials by limiting widespread availability online and bolstering resilience to it by those who nonetheless encounter it, among other measures. It also means reducing access to assault weapons and high-capacity magazines and enforcing legal prohibitions that keep firearms out of dangerous hands. There you go. So prevention efforts must be pursued while safeguarding civil rights and civil liberties. I, I love, love how they, how they try it, that yeah. in there. Including privacy protections and while avoiding <laughs> discrimination, bias, and stereotypes. You can't do it. It's impossible. Right. It's impossible. So they made sure to not include in the breakdown, mm-hmm. but to include in the actual bill. Yeah. Reducing access to assault weapons and high-capacity magazines. Yeah, it had to be in there. It yeah. had to. Yeah, I mean, 
if you get rid of all these a- angry guns, you get right. rid of all the extremists. I mean, you, you can't really stand up to the government unless you have a nuke and some F-15s. But <laughs> but if they limit high-capacity yeah. magazines, they might have a chance. Yes. That's that's the irony of it all. It's like these insurgencies insurgents are a threat to the government because of their AR-15. But do you really think you're going to take on the government right. with yeah. your AR-15s? We'll it's just, the irony. We'll of just it. nuke. We'll nuke you. <laughs> right. We'll nuke you. Bring it. So that was. So we got through pillar three. There was a couple other things. The U.S. government is improving employee screening to enhance methods for identifying domestic terrorists who might pose insider threats. So employee screenings for domestic right. threats. Um, it's a witch hunt, like you said. Yeah. The, the Office of Personnel Management will consider updates to the forms used to apply for sensitive roles in the federal government. Man, the, applying for sensitive roles in the federal government already goes through rigorous FBI background checks already. Yeah. But, you know, it's funny because you couldn't do this when you were looking for Islamofascist. Oh, no. Right? You couldn't be, oh, you're you're Muslim. Mm. Yeah. Oh, you, <sighs> Yeah. No, I, I'm not even going to go there. Yeah, I know. But I it's, see, a, it's a different Yeah, I, I see where you're going. DOD, DOJ, and DHS are similarly pursuing efforts to ensure domestic terrorists are not employed within our military or law enforcement ranks and improve screening and vetting processes. Training and resources will be developed for state, local, tribal, and territorial law enforcement partners, as well as sensitive private sector partners to enable them to enhance their own employee screening programs and prevent individuals who pose domestic terrorism threats from being placed in positions of trust. So we can just not give somebody a job yeah. if they have these certain... Yeah. I oh, mean, you, like, again... You have an American flag tattooed on your arm? Like, <sighs> yeah, again, what constitutes as extreme right. ideology? Yeah. right, right. I Do mean, you own any weapons, sir? Do you believe in the Second Amendment? What about, yeah, like ANCAP people, like an- anarchist type people? Right. I mean, that's anti-government ideology, yeah, right? So, just don't give them a job. They, yeah, they don't belong in the military. They don't belong. Yeah, I don't know. How it's going to be hard to to fish in the military because everybody has an American flag on their uniform. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Pillar four is confront long-term contributors to domestic terrorism. Says every component of the government has a role to play in rooting out racism and bigotry and advancing equity for all Americans. Love it. The U.S. government, in close partnership with civil society, will address the long-term contributors that are responsible for much of today's domestic terrorism. So now we're talking about the whole blanket problem. We're not just seeing individual... Seeking out, we're looking for a blanket boogeyman. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's why this can be a boogeyman forever. It's let's what what is the ongoing reason for behind right. all this racism and the white supremacy? Yeah. And how can we fight that? This includes reducing and protecting Americans from racial, ethnic, and religious hatred and stemming the flow of firearms to individuals intending to m- commit acts of domestic terrorism. They've done a bang up job. So let's stem the flow of firearms. From individuals intending, intending right. to commit. Yeah, based on what though? Right, exactly. How do you how do you assume that? We will work to ensure that law enforcement operates without bias in countering domestic terrorism and provides for the public safety of all Americans. You know how you know how you make this work to unbiased 
stem the flow of firearms to individuals intending to commit acts of domestic terrorism. Mm-hmm. You stem the flow of firearms to all individuals. Absolutely. I mean, that's the right. easy way to do it. Yeah, because you don't really know if they intend to or not. In a true democracy, oh. violence cannot be an acceptable mode of seeking political or social change. That's bullshit. <laughs> Hello, American Revolution. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean... Uh, and let's be honest. These groups that they're afraid of, these militia groups, mm-hmm. they are formed and operate because they don't trust their government, and rightly right. so, when they're being listened to and and coerced and, you know, entrapped. And, and blocked. You know? I mean, this isn't just... I'm not just talking about, like, white supremacist groups. Oh, no, no, I'm talking about How every group. How many African Americans were entrapped, like... For drugs and, oh, yeah. and things like that, yeah, all throughout history, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, th- this this is not we're not just taking the side of the white man here. No, 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 no. Because I don't give a shit about white supremacist groups. I think no. they should all fucking rot in right. hell. In my the, opinion, the problem is that the actual number of white supremacist groups is is very slim. Yes, very small. I, and the KKK, you know, they still operate. They're big. Right. I'm not naive. But at the same time, that's not who they're targeting. No, because if you, when we get into some of these other articles, you're going to see they use synonymously white supremacists with alt-right groups or with yeah. right-wing extremists. Yeah. I mean, they, they throw that consistently in there, right-wing yeah. this, right-wing that. Why is this specifically targeting one side, first of all? Right. Because that, to me, just screams like, like squash your political opponent, opponent, right? And that's squash it. the political objection, yeah. Because there's domestic terrorism on all sides. Yes. If you want to loosely define it as much as you are, yeah. If you're saying like somebody blowing up, like blowing up a mosque, is domestic terrorism, then somebody like shooting up and burning down buildings for Marxist yeah. cause is domestic terrorism, right? Right. And, and again, you know. The, the 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 young kid, disenfranchised kid who who gets sucked into an ISIS thing mm-hmm. and, and runs a bunch of people over, that's as much domestic terrorist as anything yeah. else. Yeah. Right? So here's a Washington Post article. This one's kind of annoying to read because they got this weird like graphic over the article where you can no. see all these incidents. I can't get that stupid graphic to go away, but we'll read what we can. So this is titled The Rise of Domestic Extremism in America. This came out of in April of this year. Okay. So it says data shows a surge in homegrown incidents not seen in a quarter of a century. This one kind of irritates me. It says domestic terrorism incidents have soared to new highs in the United States, driven chiefly by white supremacists, anti-Muslim and anti-government extremists on the far right. <laughs> Notice a pattern here? Yeah. You see that domestic terrorism has soared on one side, but never once are they going to po- like pinpoint all the violence and shit and yeah. uh, buildings burning on the other side last right. year. Absolutely. Because that was protest. It says, uh, the surge reflects a growing threat from homegrown terrorism not seen in a quarter century with right-wing extremist attacks and plots greatly eclipsing those from the far left and causing more deaths, the analysis shows. Greatly eclipsing far-left extremism. Oh, yeah. Of course. Of course. The number of all domestic terrorism incidents in the data peaked in 2020. Since 2015, right-wing extremists 
have been involved in 267 plots or attacks. Okay. You can't put one number for plots and attacks because 267 plots and attacks, that could be 266 plots and one attack. Exactly. Right. That's bullshit data to me. It is. That's using data for your own. They might have come up with 267 plots on the right wing, and um, it says... But then it goes on, far left views account for 66 incidents. It doesn't say plots or attacks on the left. It says incidents. And we know for fact... That the the um, weather underground blew up federal buildings. Well, this is, uh, I think, within like so many years since oh, 2015. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But again, it says right wing of 267 plots and attacks and 91 fatalities. Far left is 66 incidents and 19 deaths. Hmm. So, right, like I said, it could be 266 plots and one, yeah, one attack, yeah, and then 66 attacks, yeah. But they're not saying that. For a reason. There's a right. reason why they're not they're wording oh, it this absolutely. way. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. They want you to see, oh, the right has far more. Yeah, right. But they're they're mixing apples and oranges. They're not right. using the same data for, on both sides. Yeah. What is most concerning, no, what is most concerning is the way you're viewing this data here. But they say what is most concerning is that the number of domestic terror plots and attacks are at the highest they have seen in decades. This is said the director of database project at CSIS, a nonpartisan Washington-based nonprofit that specializes <laughs> in the national security issues. Of course. It's so important for Americans to understand the gravity of the threat before it gets worse. More than a quarter of right-wing incidents and just under half of deaths in those incidents were caused by people who showed support for white supremacy or claimed to belong to groups espousing the ideology. How do you show say, what does support that even mean? of white supremacy? Right. Right, I don't know. Do, I don't know. No, and that, like you said, they're just they're they're circumstantial evidence. Yeah, that's all it is. Mm-hmm. Right? Somebody may have had on their their Facebook page, "I like white milk." Right? And they're gonna be like, "Wow, wow, that guy, that guy is racist." Well, remember they went after that. Yeah, the Japanese uh, no, massage guy. No, they went after oh. that green that. Marjorie Taylor Greene. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Because she liked a post that somebody... And so, obviously, now she's an extremist because she liked a post. How many posts do you like that you're just like, yeah, click. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You see the headline, you click like, and you don't get into the article. Right. Says, victims of all incidents in recent years represent a broad cross-section of American society, including blacks, Jews, immigrants, LGBTQ individuals, Asians, and other people of color who have been attacked by right-wing extremists wielding vehicles, guns, knives, and fists. Dozens of religious institutes, including mosques, synagogues, and black churches, as well as abortion clinics and government buildings, have been threatened, burned, bombed, and hit with gunfire over the past six years. How many government buildings and businesses were threatened, burned, bombed by the left last year? Right, right, absolutely. Nobody cares. No, no. Kenneth Robinson, pastor of Briar Creek Road Baptist Church, in Charlotte, one of several predominantly black churches attacked in the spring and summer of 2015 said some members remain apprehensive. Trauma is a way of life for us, so we grieve, but we keep pushing forward. But far left and far right attacks hit groundbreaking levels in 2020. So there you go. Both sides hit groundbreaking levels. Yeah. The database shows with far right incidents still much larger groups. The 73 far right incidents were an all time annual high. Where? Where are... I mean, Wait I... Wait a second. Mm-hmm. Hang on. This specifically says now, 
that there were 73 far-right incidents. In the last year. Yeah, but it says... Oh, is that in the last year? Yeah, yeah, in 2020. Whatever. I don't know. I can't keep their data straight because they're jumping I was going to say, and there's a reason why. 73 were an all-time high in the CSIS database, which goes back all the way to 1994. So... It's the highest it's ever been since the CSIS started this. It says left-wing attacks reached 25 in 2020. Again, they're not using the same definitions right. for these attacks because no. there were far more 20 than 25 yeah, left-wing right. attacks last year. But Antifa doesn't exist. It says, <clears throat> those incidents include multiple attempts by extremists to derail trains to hinder oil pipelines, construction, and at least seven incidents in which police officers Police and other facilities were targeted with guns, firebombs, and graffiti. The incidents the incidents included the burning of Minneapolis police precinct during the protests over the death of George Floyd. So the police precinct counts, but right. all the businesses don't count. No, no, we, they we don't. don't count those. Do, do they even count the uh, the Chad up in <laughs> Portland, Oregon? Because it was government-sanctioned, right? The mayor was like, oh, that's cool. Well, it does say, in August, a supporter of Donald Trump was shot dead in Portland by a suspected gunman who was self-described Antifa supporter. So that killing was the only death death last year attributed to far-left violence. Oh. That is fucking bullshit. Yeah, because there was a lot of people shot in those protests. But it only specifies if they said they were Trump supporters or if it was a government building or something like that. Yeah. The January 6th riot at the Capitol spurred renewed national attention on domestic terrorism and on hate-driven violence. Again, it wasn't hate-driven. These people give me a headache. Yes. Do we have any whiskey? I I wish. The post focused its analysis primarily on far-right attacks since 2015 because they account for a clear majority of the rising domestic terror. No, it's no. because you're clearly biased towards one side. Right. And and it's because Trump came into power in 2016 and they want to say, oh, Trump emboldened these groups. Yeah. yeah. That's all it is. Yeah, we're not going to take a look at anything else. We're going to use completely different metrics to measure mm-hmm. these things out because some of them were churches. Yeah. But then all, how many of the like Antifa-type people were saying like, Basically, down they wanted to like bring down the entire system. Wouldn't that right. be domestic terrorism? Yeah, yeah. That would of. be like the definition of domestic oh, right. terrorism. Yes, I, I believe because so. Because the definition was like to coerce, like changing the government or exactly. something like that. And exactly. They were all crying for this. Yeah. So the, the lady, remember the lady in at Chad? She's like, "No, we want to flip it all over. We we don't want to to make a deal. We want to start over. We want to yeah. wipe everything out." Right. Right. No, it's all. It's so hypocritical. And it is. We got a comment that says, talking about domestic terrorism, how ironic almost all of them have dual citizenship and have sold intel to China and Israel. Their hypocrisy knows no bounds. Yes. Okay. That is from Awaken X. Nice. I mean, there's so much hypocrisy there, and I'm not yeah. even going to get into like selling intel to both right. sides right. of the, the thing because we don't have time to go down all those rabbit yeah. holes. But well, no, again, exactly it's right. who's got the def- who defines it is the yeah. problem. Uh, real quick, back to the pillars here. Yeah, go um, for it. At the bottom here, it says the U.S. government will work to find ways to counter the polarization fueled by disinformation, misinformation, and dangerous conspiracy theories online. Supporting an information environment that fosters healthy democratic discourse. Make sure you include the conspiracy theories there. Right. Because um, those are the people you got to worry about, those tinfoil hat-wearing right. conspiracy theorists. Everybody 
is thrown into queue now. Mm-hmm. Everybody is thrown like everybody who believes in conspiracy theories are on the same page as Q. And obviously Q is somehow tied into like the insurrection. And right. so that means every conspiracy theorist out there right. is tied to the January sixth insurrection. Mm-hmm. So it's a nice like string diagram that they they tie everybody together into. Yeah. And if you really follow that string diagram, any of us can be in that oh, string absolutely. diagram. Absolutely. It's like, well, if we tie the guy in the the Viking hat up here, I mean, he was holding a Q sign at this rally over here. So right. We got the connection with Q and uh, um this guy over here, or Marjorie Taylor Greene, um, she retweeted a Q post, or she liked a Q post, yeah. or so she's tied in here, and this person voted for Marjorie Taylor right. Greene, so let's tie yeah. her into here. And this and, person liked a Marjorie Taylor Greene post, so there's that. And then this person here, because is tied to her, he also believes that um, the Anunnaki is coming down to destroy all. So now um, Q and the insurrection is tied to the Anunnaki, which is right. tied to libertarians, which, right. you know, like yeah, you, you right. could do a string diagram and tie us all into this bullshit yeah. based on these definitions here mm-hmm. and just fitting them in with loose definitions. You can fit people into wherever you want. Right. Yeah. And the government has literally come out and said they are working on a definition for domestic right. extremism. Yeah. Which means they have not come up with that definition no. yet. And, and why would they? I mean, if they can keep it loose, then... Yeah, they don't want to narrow down too much. Any political, you know, anybody who has a politically divergent idea, mm-hmm. they're considered an enemy of the state. They're a domestic terrorist. Right. So I've got a couple, several more articles, but before we get into break, I want to touch on a couple more things here. Um, this article is from Zero Hedge. It says, police to target Americans for their ideological beliefs and behaviors. And I just want to touch on a little bit of this. So now they're getting the police involved. We talked about, like, the dangers of criminalizing ideal ideological right. behaviors. And yeah. so this kind of is kind of warning against that. So it says, much has been written about Pro- President Joe Biden's new domestic terror law. But nothing I have seen until now just shows how horrifying it is. Says to say that the White House uses the Department of Homeland Security like political puppets to push their own agenda would be an understatement. The New York chronicled four DHS secretaries who were forced to resign in October 2019 and a fifth who resigned in January. Hmm. So when I heard about the DHS counterterrorism chief, John Cohen, Having a hard time containing his enthusiasm over Biden's new domestic terrorism law and a GW program on extremism webinar, I knew it couldn't be good. It says, uh, Garcia does a great job of framing the Fed's justification for creating a new war on terrorism, on terror by targeting American citizens. He says, a lot of progress was made by the U.S. government in dealing with the threat posed by foreign terrorist organizations, and in particular dealing with the way these organizations are operated, the way they recruit individuals, the way they communicated, developed plans, the way they saw to introduce operatives into domestic environments, the way they sought to recruit people here domestically. So we're talking about like ISIS, how they right. remember they're recruiting people to go fight the war in Syria. Right. Yeah. And remember that like college age chick that went over there, mm-hmm. like somehow got lured over there. And then yeah. obviously now she's deemed 
a terrorist right. or an ISIS yeah. cohort. So he's saying, I think it's safe to say that the U.S. created quite a robust counterterrorism capability. That's scary, first of all, that he's so proud of our counterterrorism mm-hmm. capabilities. Because well, how many how many civil rights were broken yeah, in our counterterrorism exactly. capabilities? And also what's scary is that he's excited to move that to U.S. citizens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, he says, the challenge is the threat... The challenge is the threat we face today is significantly different than the one we faced after September 11th. Says as America closes, it... so this article drives me nuts because it says it, it says it twice actually in this article. As America closes in on the 11th anniversary of 9/11. Yeah, right. That's we are weird. far from the 11th anniversary. Yeah. we're yeah, going on the, the big, big 20, the big two zero. Yes, but it says it again later on. It's just yeah. like, right. you like. What, like, put some thought into your article here. Right. The feds want the public to believe that an unknown terrorist organizations are recruiting your neighbors to become domestic extremists. Says it's not just any neighbor. This time it's far right extremists, which we've pinpointed in a lot of these things that yeah. they are specifically coming after just white supremacists, mm-hmm. Trump supporters, far right. Yeah. Which they're lumping them all together. Oh yeah, right. If you're a Trump supporter, you're a far right. Yeah. You're a white supremacist. If you're a libertarian, you're anti-government. <clears throat> yes, you're a far-right yes. white supremacist. <laughs> For years, DHS officials have warned Americans of the dangers that lurk outside their front doors, or worse, in the far-flung Middle East where extremists are plotting to bomb us, shoot us, or poison us, our water system. The only difference to the terrorists that await Americans is that now they are allegedly targeting a person's ideological beliefs. According to Cohen, the most significant terrorist threat facing the U.S. today comes from individuals or lone offenders and small groups of individuals who, based on an ideological belief system, primarily an ideological belief system, they self-connect with an online activity, but they'll go out and commit an act of violence on behalf of that belief or a combination of ideology ideological beliefs or a combination of ideological beliefs <laughs> and personal grievances. This is really hard, difficult to read. That's a lot of ideological beliefs. It is. Let it cross you. <sighs> says, what does this mean? It's <laughs> a good question. <laughs> it means that the feds can target individuals for expressing anti-government sentiments. That's well, scary. Which anti-government sentiments? Right. Like maybe saying taxation is theft type anti-government Absolutely. sentiments? That would be anti-government. Like saying... We think that the NSA needs to go away type, right. or the IRS needs to go away type. Audit anti-government. the Fed. Yeah. Those types, yeah. those are anti-government sentiments. Biden sucks. <laughs> those anti-government sentiments. In many respects, this is a much more individualized threat. And what I mean by that is if you look at the lethal attacks that have occurred in the U.S. over the last several years, they have been conducted by individuals who spend incredible amounts of time online viewing extremist content, content about past violent attacks. They tend to be individuals who have shared behavioral uh, health or environmental characteristics, said Cohen. So if you read stuff about these extremists... So all the research I did today, I'm I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, you are now on this list. (laughs) Great. Because... You set me up. I did. I did it on purpose. And and I didn't look up any of this shit, to be honest. You're like, Bill, can you look these up for me? (laughs) Yeah, and send it to this private account. Um, Spend incredible amounts of time viewing extremist content. Do you know how many, like, conspiracy theory podcasts I listen to? Oh, yeah. That could be deemed extremist content. Absolutely. Targeting people for their beliefs is horrifying in and of itself. 
Biden's new domestic terror law will also give law enforcement the right to target people based on their behaviors. Cohen goes on to say, what we mean by that, yes, the motive and ideological beliefs are important as part of the analytic process, but the threat tends to come from individuals who have a very superficial understanding of ideological belief systems they use as the validation for an act of violence. But they do have shared behavioral characteristics. Here we go. Yeah. This is it. If any of this is sounding beginning to sound like China... One only needs to look at Hong Kong to see the similarities. Ooh, they went there. They went straight mm-hmm. to Hong Kong. They did. Speaking out in print against an authoritative regime is an arrestable offense. Demonstrating against police brutality is an arrestable offense in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. A recent Breitbart article pointed out there is no official Pentagon definition of extremism. Remember yeah. I said that. Right. They don't have one. Right. So they can basically giving themselves all these powers to battle this yeah. thing that they don't have a definition right. for. And we know that the top Pentagon official is on Biden's jock. Yeah. So oh, yeah. he will take whatever he thinks will make Biden happy and go with it. Oh, yeah. So Mike Berry, the general counsel for First Liberty Institute, said he asked the counter-extremism working group how it intended to find extremism. And the answer he got was something to the effect of, we're still working on that. We'll probably take the existing definition and expand it. Barry said that response was problematic. (laughs) Kind of. He said, "Um, I just don't know how you can reconcile the Constitution with trying to criminalize someone's thoughts and beliefs. And that is the crux of the problem. And that's exactly what we're at right now. Yeah. So you see a, a cop sees somebody riding down and they got a Confederate flag on mm. on their bumper sticker, right? Mm. Right there, the he's got to be an extremist. In the very least, he could go on a list. Right, right. And what yeah. do these lists? How? What do they expand to? Do they? Exp- right. I I saw. Uh, it was like a overview of a press conference after they announced some of these things, and they're like, and one of the one of the press people, one of the reporters, was like, "So how does this affect like the no fly list and things like that?" And I'm just like. Holy shit, they're going straight there. Oh, yeah. They're like, oh, right. oh, should these people get put on a no-fly yeah. list? Should they be not be allowed to travel right. if they have these extremist ideologies? Yeah. Like, how fucking far does this go? Well, you can't buy weapons. Yeah. Right? Can't buy weapons. Can't fly. Can't fly. Yeah. You can't get government jobs. Right. Can't get military jobs. Can't get social security, maybe not un- unemployment. Who knows? Right? Who really knows? I mean, if you're on a list... We all know it's not easy to get off lists. Yeah, yeah right, right. <laughs> maybe you have to go through some kind of government re-education. Well, think about, I mean, obviously this is completely different, but think about when you get put on a list, like you're blocked on Facebook right? because of extremist content. Right. They don't even have to tell you what Why? your extremist yeah, content is. Exactly. You go to um, appeal it and say, basically, what did I do? How can I make this? And they're just like, nah. We're just going to keep you blocked until yeah. you fix it. Right. Fix what? Yeah, exactly. Tell me what I need to fucking fix. I mean, yeah. the same people are working hand-in-hand hand with the governments that are yeah. making these kinds of lists. Yeah. So you get on a list, a no-fly list or whatever for extreme content. Yeah. You get red flagged for extreme content. Can't buy a gun. Right. The guns you have are now illegal to own. If they If they find them on you, you can go to jail for that. Right. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah. can I appeal this? No. Yeah. Well, what did I do wrong? You're an extremist. We don't yeah, have right. to tell you. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. You have extremist views. Yeah. And like 
in that case, like due process basically goes out the window. Absolutely. So if due process goes out the window and they put you on this list without like some kind of trial, yeah, then they can keep you on that list without yeah. some sort of trial. And, and we we were we read about when we were doing the the episode on data collection mm-hmm. about the 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 non um, FISA warrants. Yeah. Right. Where they were able to just bar- basically throw a warrant up against you because they had a suspicion about you. Yeah. Same thing. Even right. worse. Yeah. It is about time for a break. Um, I think. Do we want to? Do we have time for Collins, Bill? Um. Yeah. Let's do Collins. We'll post the Zoom link in the comment section here for Collins. Um. If you have something to talk about about this regarding this, your fears of this, or if you think this is a good thing. If you disagree with us, you agree with us, call in, let us know. Let us hear from you because, to me, this is scary shit, and it goes on both sides. It's not because I'm a far-right whatever, a gun nut whatever. It's because this affects all our liberties across the board. If they can put one group on a list, they can put you on a list. And I'm going to talk about that a little more, too, when we come back of how far this could potentially go. So we're going to get into break if you're ready, Bill, and then when we come back, we'll just continue this conversation. Let's do it. Call in. Colin, Colin, Colin. Colin. We will be right back. Right. Have you ever thought that maybe voting, maybe all this politics constantly surrounding you is not the way to achieve freedom in your life? Hi, I'm Remso W. Martinez, and I ask myself the same question. That's why I'm on a journey to find true freedom in my lifetime. From learning about financial independence, to new ways to develop rugged individualism, to amazing guests living strange, crazy, amazing lifestyles that you've only thought might be real, but actually are. Go ahead and check out my new show, On the Run with Remsa W. Martinez at the We Are Libertarians Network. You can find On the Run with Remsa W. Martinez on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. You know how the internet works. Come on down and let's discover how to achieve real freedom in your life together. Hey, everybody. I just want to take this time to give a big shout out to the very first sponsor of the Break the Bell podcast. That is Goulash Media. They can be found at goulashmedia.net. Goulash Media specializes in graphic design, web design, audio recordings, video work, wedding videos, uh, music videos, even political campaign videos. Uh, Goulash Media caters to the little guy with the big vision. You can check them out at goulashmedia.net. That's G-O-U-L-A-S-H media.net. All right. We are back. Back live. We posted the Zoom link. Hopefully it went through because... It was giving me problems because they posted a bunch of other shit that the comment sections only allow like 200 characters or something, and it posted a bunch of other shit. Oh. So I deleted all that other shit. Hopefully I didn't delete part of the link. (laughs) Hopefully the link works. So if the link doesn't work, let me know, and I'll try to get an actual legit link for you guys if you do want to call in and be part of this conversation, um, which you should. You You should. should. It's a good conversation. Because you should be worried about this stuff. Yeah. You should be concerned. Mm -hmm. I mean... No matter what side you fall on. Yeah. If you're a libertarian, just because you're not a far right or a Trump supporter or a white supremacist, or if you're on the left, if you're on the right, if you're down the middle, if you're an anarchist, you should be concerned. Because 
as we've said about all this shit, like all throughout the, our past episodes, when it comes to like when we talked about um, like martial law, when we talked about any kind of like stripping people's rights, yeah, they can strip one person's right, they can strip mm-hmm. all your rights. Well, and and when they get to you know, going after people's ideologies when they go to thought police, you know, that, that just scared the shit out of you because, again, it's subjective. There's no definition. It can go any way. Well, how many, how many people uh, um, were all for, like, the Patriot Act and for, like, waterboarding terrorists right, and for right. sending them to Guantanamo Bay without any sort of, like, due process, due process or anything? Right. Back post-9-11, how many people were just like, oh, yeah, go get those fucking... Yeah cowheads or whatever they called him um and then what like a decade later they're like we were really shitty to those people yeah like (laughs) right right. i mean the general sentiment now is i think for the most part we can look back at that and be like that was not a good thing that was that was a stain on american history in my opinion especially coming from like a libertarian point of view or something like that Mm -hmm. so all these people that are all for these this basically a recreation and a rebranding of the Patriot Act that are like, oh yeah, let's go get those damn white supremacists. You're going to look back on it possibly in 10 years when it's coming back on you when you're getting branded for some stupid shit that you said, and you're like, how did we get this far? How did we get... It's because you were all for this. You were for these... That was a stepping stone to where we are now. Yep. So... Like I said, you should be worried about it. And if you are worried about it, you are concerned about it, call us and let us know your concerns. Zoom link is in the comments. Let's continue, Bill. Let's, Let's continue with our conversation. I wanted to start out with... I've got this CNN article to kind of point out still the bi- the biases, biases, biases? Of, Bias uh, of all the stuff that's going on. Okay. Um, because you really see it hardcore in the CNN article, because CNN's clearly one-sided Absolutely. on the left yeah. side. So um, let me pull up this article. It says, finally, the U.S. gets a strategy on fighting domestic terrorism. This is, this is an op-ed, so we can't blame CNN completely, but they did yeah. allow this op-ed to be posted. Yeah. So it says, for the first time, the United States has a government-wide strategy to counter domestic terrorism. The policy which the Biden administration rolled out on Tuesday is long overdue. After all, the most lethal terrorist attack in the United States before 9-11 was the bombing of the Oklahoma City Federal Building a quarter of a century ago, in which 168 people were killed by right-wing terrorists. So now, they're comparing us all to Timothy McVeigh. Beautiful. Because, and how many times have you like read about research into the Oklahoma City bombing and you're just like that damn Republican it's because he was Republican and never never even knew that he was a right wing terrorist other yeah. than the fact that he was white so obviously he yeah. must have been I, I, I remember uh, when it happened I remember I, I did know that he was a, uh, a right wing militiaman I mean he was pro-gun and a bunch of pro-gun groups yeah. pro-gun activists he was affiliated with the Republican Party, and he was a member of the NRA. So, yeah. I mean, yes, he was right wing, but his affili- his political affiliation had nothing to do with the fact that he blew up the goddamn building. Right. Everything that come out now, we all know that he was pissed off that the government killed its own citizens in Waco, right. and he set this up intentionally on the anniversary of the Waco siege, yeah. like the three-year anniversary, 
And that has nothing to do with right-wing anything. No. That has to do with, yes, anti-government sentiment and being right. pissed off at the government. Uh, but his political affiliation was, was just coincidental. Yes. He says, in recent years, right-wing extremists have carried out a number of lethal attacks, such as the assault in El Paso, Texas, in 2019 that killed 22 people, the attack at a Pittsburgh synagogue a year earlier that killed 11 people, and the attack at a black church in Charleston, South Carolina in 2015 that killed nine congregants. Again, we're blurring the lines between domestic right. terrorism and hate crimes. Exactly. And mass shootings. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, they're interchangeable when we want them to be, mm -hmm. but when we don't want to consider... Like the things that happened in Minneapolis, the only things that were domestic terrorism there was burning down a police building. Right, had not, not yeah. none of the rest of that. Even was. though it was the same people that burned down all those personal <laughs> right. shops and apartments and whatnot. And only one person was killed. Right on yeah. the left in the name of domestic terrorism right. last year. In January, there was an unprecedented, unprecedented <laughs> assault on the U.S. Capitol by right-wing extremists seeking to overrun the results of the presidential election. The new strategy issued by the White House points out that domestic terrorism threat is principally from racially or ethnically motivated violent extremists and militia violent extremists who present the most persistent and lethal threats. So, again, we're pointing out, obviously, white supremacists Absolutely. and militiamen. Says the strategy explains that these domestic extremists often radicalize independently because of what they are reading online, making detection and disruption difficult. But again, we we can't constitute Antifa members that are radicalized right. by what they read online as right. being an organization. Right. No, Antifa is a mindset. It's right. not it's yeah. not an organization. Yeah, right. Even though they have their own legal defense fund. <laughs> right. Difficulty of stopping lone actor terrorists all characterize U.S. government efforts after 9-11 when it came to preventing Americans from radicalizing because of propaganda from al-Qaeda or ISIS that they had read online. Omar Mateen, for instance, killed 49 people at an Orlando nightclub in 2016. Mateen had no contact with ISIS, yet he had become radicalized by what he read on and seen online. So what they're saying here is... We have to regulate what you read and see online. Right, yeah. Because there's no way really to track somebody who's yeah. reading this shit and, and know that they're getting radicalized. Right. So, I mean, do you track people when they click on these sites? Do you put, like, I don't know, some kind of bug, like tracking bug well, on some of these to, extremist sites? Be like, hey, Craig, check this article out that I saw. Mm -hmm. I think you'll really like it, you know, yeah. and that kind of stuff. I mean, so you start doing, like, trackers on yeah. some of these sites like back-end trackers, then you see somebody who clicks on it, and now all of a yeah. sudden you're on a list because you right. clicked on one of these sites. Or, or um, the only authorized uh, news sites that we will allow on Facebook is uh, CNN, MSNBC, um, and, uh, CN and CNBC. Mm -hmm. Everything else could be uh, subject to extremist views. Right. Fox News, uh, Zero Hedge. Zero Hedge, all these yeah. extreme websites. The issue is also made more complicated because... Being a radical is, of course, not a crime in the U.S. They almost say that, like... It's a bad thing. It's a bad thing. Yeah. Given the First Amendment and relatively few people with radical ideas actually turn to violence. So how do you stop radicals from committing violent acts? The White House strategy rests on a number of actions. First, by acquiring a better government-wide understanding of the scope of these threats. A task force, I'm sure, is what that yes. means. Which can come not only from extremists motivated by white supremacists, but also from 
for example, anti-abortion activists, animal rights and environmental militants, and so-called incel and voluntary celibate extremists. So they're making sure they throw in some vague left-wing extremist groups in right. there so yeah. they don't look like yeah, they're, they're being they're just biased on this. One. Yeah. Don't forget about the involuntary celibate extremist, Bill. <laughs> I didn't even know that was a thing. Uh, yes. Well, I, I, I've felt that if you're often celibate, you have to be extreme. Obviously. Domestic extremists in the borderless world of the internet are also communicating and in some cases training with extremist groups overseas. Did you know that? White supremacist groups are training I did not know that. with groups overseas. I did not know that. Indeed, it was for these types of reasons that the Trump administration for the first time designated an overseas white supremacist group, the Russian Imperial Movement, as a foreign terrorist organization. So now, don't forget, we got to tie Russia, obviously, with these white oh, supremacist groups. Well, because Russia because, has a very alt-right view, and, and therefore... And because Trump and all these things. Yes. The Biden administration also plans to designate foreign militant groups if domestic extremists are receiving support or training from them. How many How many of these groups are f- receiving foreign militant group training? Because they say a lot of them are coming out of our own military. Yeah, right. So where do you think they're getting this military training from? From right. foreign I militant know. groups? I it, know. It's got to be foreign. It can't possibly be military. military. Right. The White House sensibly, sensibly intends to enforce legal prohibitions that keep firearms out of dangerous hands. Sensibly. Don't forget that. It goes on to say the government will disseminate more widely intelligence about domestic terrorism iconograph, iconography, symbology, and phraseology. So now we're, we're <laughs> I don't know, some disseminating the iconography and symbols of... Because all these terrorist groups, domestic terrorist groups, have you know, like the white power oh, thing. Oh, yeah, and, right, right. We can't do that. Yeah, you, can, uh, yeah, you can't do any of that because, I mean, that is clearly a sign of right. um, extremists, since this is often closely held information by extremists. <laughs> and the government will work to more strongly enforce laws already on the books prohibiting the existence of private militias. There you go. Yep, yep. Enforce laws that already prohibit private militias. I didn't know there were laws that prohibit well, private. Well, remember, I know Iowa, Iowa does, yeah. but they're saying like the federal government is going to oh, enforce laws. Yeah, I don't think federally. I don't think they do. That it's different states have their own. I don't know. According to this, they do. So this again shows like the one-sidedness, the biasness, biasness of people's views on this thing. Because right. the people are supporting it, they're all just like, "Well, look at these far-right groups." Never since. Timothy McVeigh, yeah. have we seen so much violence? Um, I mean, you got to tie to the worst yeah, right-wing, right. alt-right uh, terrorist organization or person. Yeah, absolutely. Did you have something? Oh, I was I was just looking up the El Paso shooting and the um the synagogue shooting in mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. And um and there there's no evidence that uh, it, it doesn't follow the the um definition of domestic terrorism that mm-hmm. they they put in the um, the pillars um, the only thing is that it it appeared to be um, motivated by by hate yeah right well, that, well, and that's it well that's what I was saying like that's why I said when I read that definition yeah pay attention to this definition that they've come out for terrorism let me go back and read that again it says 
activities that involve acts dangerous to human life that are a violation of the criminal laws of the U.S., which is just crime, right, or of any state, appear to be intended to intimidate or coerce a civilian population. I don't see... I mean, maybe they can throw that under intimidating or co- coercing a certain like people group. Yeah. If they can prove that this was a hate crime and they're trying to intimidate all people of Jewish descent or all Muslims, if they can show that, then maybe that, that would loosely oh. fall under this this definition. But the, 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 the problem is when you loosely define something like this. Right, right. Well, and you automatically say, well, anybody who commits a hate crime is committing domestic terrorism. Mm-hmm. And now when you look at Wikipedia, and I hadn't looked at those shootings before, so mm-hmm. I don't know what it said previously, but as it, it gives a list of motivations, mm-hmm. right? And at the top, each one says domestic terrorism. Of course. And I don't know if that was, was that retroactively added? Uh, I don't know. You might be able to go see when edits were done on Wikipedia, but I don't know if it specifically says which edits were done. Right. So that'd be interesting. But then again, the powers that be could delete the dates on those edits too. So, I mean, it's like the whole memory hole thing that we've talked about. How, how many of these articles are gone back? Right. Like after the fact and, well, and things added in there, and, and I feel like the, reading all this, I, I it really makes me think back to the hate crime on Asian Americans. Mm-hmm. Remember when yeah. all of a sudden it's like all of a sudden this was a thing, right? Right, and and now I I, I feel like this is the same thing now, yeah. and now they're going back to everything that every hate crime, and they're like, oh well, that was or that every was crime in general that oh, yeah. involved any other culture, right? Right. saying that was a right wing right. alt right that was a right an alt right attack and and this is domestic terrorism and I, and that's w- what this feels like and how many of these people do they dig and dig and dig in their social media to yeah. find um some white supremacist pro, pro- right. whatever sentiment yeah. towards like white supremacy they could just see again like just yeah. liking a post or right. liking a somebody that happened to be tied to the Boogaloo Boys right. movement and like Sharing something, yeah. or they have friends, oh, or, well, or now they have uh, white supremacist leanings, right? Oh, or or wow, this guy's favorite NBA player of all time was Larry Bird. Clearly, this guy's racist. Obviously, <laughs> obviously. Oh, he said Michael Jordan's the goat, and we all know Michael Jordan was Uncle Tom for right. the NBA. So yeah. obviously, right. he's right white supremacist. I mean, how it, many it can of go them, anywhere? It can go anywhere. Yeah. I, it makes you wonder how many of them they're like. Oh, he had ties to white supremacist organizations. Well, what were those ties? Right. Yeah. Right. He gave coffee to somebody once. I so, mean, this gets even crazier because now let's talk about where this goes. Okay. Because that's where we don't want to go. <laughs> so, clearly we need to go there. We do. Let me let me find the one. The article Let's talk about how to act against domestic terrorists and their foreign supporters. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. This is from The Hill. Is this the one I wanted? Hang on. Let me make sure. I had a couple articles. I'll start with this one. How to act against domestic terrorists and their foreign supporters. So the United States faces surging domestic terrorism threat in the homeland. You know what I find interesting? And I didn't realize it until, like, it was hitting me in the back of the head, but I wasn't really processing what was happening here. The U.S. faces a surging domestic terrorism threat in the homeland. Yeah. Do you remember we talked a few months ago about nationalist sentiment 
and how the phrase homeland was alt-right mm. and very nationalist, this whole, like, they even tied it to Hitler. Right, yeah. Talking a lot about the homeland yeah. and the homeland and the homeland. I've seen that word a lot in these pushes for domestic terrorism like hmm. <laughs> laws. Yeah. Was we got to protect the homeland. And it's like just eight months ago, saying just that we got to protect the homeland was a nationalist right. sentiment. Yeah. It was neo Nazi sentiment. Yeah. But now it's being reversed. We can, we can still, we, the other side can say it, and it, it doesn't have nationalist sentiment right, right. when they say it. Of course, because they're not nationalist. Yeah. I and mean, like I said, something was bugging me. I just didn't realize what it yeah. was. And then I saw that word a couple times like, we need to protect the homeland. I'm just like, yeah. wait a second. Those motherfuckers. <laughs> So it says, in the aftermath of El Paso and Dayton shootings, the first weekend of August, more than 40 people were arrested for threats to commit mass attacks by the end of the month. Many of these cases were characterized by a far-right ideological motivation and their use of online platforms. There's two things going on here that keep coming back mm -hmm. to that online, because uh, right. there's the far-right ideology and yeah. there's the online. Yeah. Which means they're going after the online stuff. They got to. Which means censorship is coming hard yeah it's got to because yeah. why would they say this oh, and, over and over and, and, and over tracking and data collection mm. well, and this is the only connection that they can make because yeah like i said they're gonna find the connection that's mm. there and the only connection they can make is this online yeah online searches here right this online connection so oh they are all online so that, well, and that must that's be the, the concerning part though is that you know that they're using it to track and mm. data collection yeah yeah, because of the pillars. <laughs> right, right. Thank you, pillars. Yes. The urgent need to assist national security operations, preventions, practitioners, and prosecutors is exacerbated by the fact that a major foreign adversary, Russia, has actively sought to amplify the impact of violent extremists in the United States and other democracies. Did you know that? I did you know Russia is actively trying to impact violent white supremacists? I, I, I didn't know Russia per se, but I, I figured Putin was. I mean, obviously, because of his buddy relationship with Trump, who, right. based on the string diagram, is a white supremacist. Exactly. In partnership with the Congressional Counterterrorism Caucus, the program on extremism commissioned policy papers authored by two leading experts that soberly analyze America's domestic terrorism threat and propose responses grounded in the rule of law. When was this one made? Written. This one was written in 2019. So this is a couple of years ago, but okay. they were talking about, they were leading up to this. Yeah. yeah. So we saw this white supremacy sentiment leading up to this. Who, who are the experts? Did they, uh, do they mention their names? Yeah, I don't know. No. Um, there's a few things I highlight. I don't want to read this whole article, but here we go. Acknowledging concerns that new, so they're talking about this. So it says, based on um, McCord and Pitt, Pitt Cavage's findings, so maybe they're the experts, as well as our own experience as researchers and practitioners, we suggest two ways to achieve a more effective and coordinated multi-sector response to the domestic terrorism threat. First, as McCord recommends, specific criminal statutes for domestic terrorism offenses need to be enacted that penalize the commission of specific violent crimes. So we need to have specific criminal statutes for domestic terrorism. So laws, right. like criminal laws against domestic terrorism. Right. You ready for this? Acknowledging concerns that new criminal statutes related to property damage may stifle legitimate protests. So we can't have anti-terrorism laws against property damage right. because that'll affect 
protest. The BLM protest. So right. we don't want to affect legitimate protest, oh, quote unquote. Sure. So new sure. criminal statutes could be limited to violence against people, such as homicide or assault. Wow. So we got to leave property damage out of there yeah. because we right. don't want to somehow bleed into the other side. Right. I mean, we want that to continue. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least they made it very clear what they're going, the, right, the right. direction they're going yeah. here. They made their bias yeah, very right. clear. We're, we're not we're not going after you guys. You guys keep burning and looting. Y'all are good. <laughs> we want these guys over here. But we want these, yeah. As illustrated here, these changes would expand practitioner tools and improve the in, in, integration of domestic terrorism responses into broader counterterrorism apparatuses. So here's a, f- that was, so the second part of that, that was the first part, was criminal statutes against domestic terrorism, right. but not property damage, obviously. Right, right. No, nobody wants that. The second, their second idea or um, suggestion is the list of prescribed foreign terrorist organizations, foreign, like Russia, right. should include far-right actors outside the United States. This would enhance investigative and prosecutorial tools domestically strengthen and synchronize partnerships with allies and make available the full toolkit of federal government responses to confront foreign and domestic actors who provide or receive support from far-right foreign terrorist organizations. But let's be honest. They're not going after Russia. They don't have the balls to go after Russia. This step would boost efforts to counter adversaries such as Russia, who seek to destabilize democracies by supporting violent extremists. They're still on this Russia train. Right. Russia, Russia, Russia. Right, right. I mean, it's been, what, five years since 2016 election right. where this Russia train right. came up? Yeah. They're still on it. The changes outlined here would also help increase government and market pressures on social media companies to act against far-right users. So put pressure on social media companies right. to censor far-right extremists, quote-unquote. Right, unquote. right. Not far-left, just far-right, obviously. Right. Yeah, That's absolutely. all it specifies here. So it goes on to say, America's surging domestic terrorism threat demands that the full potential of government, private, and civil society actions be unleashed. A moral and legal equivalency to domestic and international acts of terrorism committed in the United States demonstrates that the certain ideologies and perpetrators are not treated differently for fundamentally similar acts of political violence. More than symbolism, the changes we have suggested remove constraints of those responsible for protecting the homeland. There Mm. it is again. There it is again. Mm. I mean, nationalist sentiment there? Because before, that was a sign of nationalism. If we keep saying homeland over and over and over again, that's nationalism. I have some other stuff. What what blows my mind, though, is, again, that they have people on camera, on recording, Mm -hmm. legitimately saying that they want to tear the system down. Right. That it needs to be flipped upside down. They need to get rid of everything, burn the Constitution, and start over from scratch. Right. But that doesn't raise a red flag. No. No, of course not. But, But people that... That may that raise questions that oh well may, maybe the election was not legitimate maybe things were a little wonky they're put on the watch list they're considered domestic terrorist right I'm trying to find shit I had an article here that I that really raised some concerns with me so okay. bear with me sure well and the other part of it is that 
they keep coming back to this January 6th thing. Obviously. Which, what? One person was killed, two people were killed. Yeah. And so that that is the greatest threat to democracy, and it's because they put the fucking government building on this 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 idol and and say that, oh, this is untouchable. Right. But in a democracy, it's our building. It's a taxpayer building. You would right? think, yeah. I mean, other than reverence, I should be able to piss on the door if I want to. Right? I mean, I paid for that damn building. Exactly. I want to pee on it. Right. I mean, so the fact that they're raising this up to be some... And, and the fact that the left, who burns flags, shit. shits on flags, wipes their ass with the flag, right? And yeah. and. and who in the past have blown up federal buildings, mm-hmm. who have taken over federal buildings, but now all of a sudden they are completely overwhelmed and and horrified right. that people would raid in the Capitol building. Yeah, no, um, that's a. I mean, it it's a whole freaking. It, it's ridiculous. It's a whole hip, hypocrisy. The whole yeah. thing is hypocrisy. It's like this is a symbol of our freedom. Yeah. This is a symbol of our great democracy. Yeah. Uh, this Capitol building, they they have single handedly attacked democracy because they attacked our great yeah. capital. And yeah, and then now, now excuse me while I wipe my ass with the flag, yeah, or um, <laughs> I bash on the Declaration of Independence. Or I tear down a racism. statue of George Washington or George right. Abraham Lincoln. I mean, we got to tear those down. Um, but but don't mess with the Capitol building. Well, obviously, because Nancy Pelosi and AOC are, are in there, and uh, you know that's that's important. Well, what I really found interesting was that even AOC came out and was just like, "We don't need new like laws against um, oh. domestic terrorism because the laws we have <laughs> weren't enacted in the first place." And right. so even she was just like. Well, we got to enforce what we already have. Why? That, that's interesting that she would make that connection. Yeah, you would think. So I found the articles I was looking for, the, okay. scary, the scary things. Okay, tell me the scary things. So after the Capitol riot, desperate families turned to groups that deprogram extremists. That's scary. I mean, does that not come straight out of, like, the gulags w- and... Well, that, remember the... Do you remember when we were going through the Weather War Underground? Uh-huh. And one of the things that they talked about is those that would not come over to their ideology would have to be deprogrammed, and if they couldn't be deprogrammed, they would be executed. Yeah, and that was like a guy that was on, like, was it Bernie Sanders' team that basically right, said that right. stuff? He's yeah. just like, oh, yeah. And then it was just like, oh, I was just joking. It was like, what were you joking? He's like, right, guys, right? And nobody says anything. But, but I'm, I'm just kidding. I, I didn't mean <laughs> but, that. But seriously, but I'm kidding. <laughs> but seriously. So this is from the Washington Post. So this says, her brother couldn't make it to the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. This is going to be very dramatic, I'm Am sure. I going to cry? You're going to make me cry. But she worried that he would join a new insurrection that one day he would be one of those people on TV. So he didn't go there. No, he wanted to, though. But she's one of these, like, yeah, online social media rats. Oh, gotcha. The woman in her 30s asked her family to make plans. She Can we said, just call her Karen? Yeah. Hoping to keep her brother busy. Then she contacted a nonprofit group called Parents for Peace that seeks to pull people back from extremism, hoping to save them after years of dismay at his hatred of Muslims and Mexicans, and now alarm at his anger over the presidential election. Dissecting her brother's life and their relationship in weekly sessions, she started to wonder whether she was part of the problem. 
The woman who did not want her name or location made public so as not to upset her brother is part of a surge of desperate families and friends calling on organizations that aim to de-radicalize and deprogram extremists. Why do they got to use? Look, if you don't want us to go full-blown conspiracy theorists, don't use the word deprogram. Right. Because that goes straight to like yes. right. re-education camps yeah. and shit like that. Exactly. Uh, so deprogram extremists across the ideological spectrum. Such organizations say demand for their free service has never been higher. Parents for Peace is a 10-person operation of mostly volunteers, says calls to its national helpline have tripled since the beginning of the coronavirus pandemic, with a growing number of younger people being groomed in white supremacist ideology. Did you know that? I did not know that. After supporters of then-President Donald Trump stormed the U.S. Capitol on January 6, their intervention groups have experienced a deluge of calls related to the attack as well as to conspiracy theories and QAnon. So there you go. There's your string yep. thing. Obviously tied to QAnon. The range of extremist ideas they encounter also has widened in the past year, driven by the 2020 election and the pandemic. It's all one-sided still. Yeah, right. Right. All, all these extreme ideas, like QAnon, like the January 6th thing, like the pandemic stuff. It's all it's yeah. all one side. Yeah. With the federal government sounding some of its strongest alarms, yet about the threat of domestic extremism, these groups say they offer a way forward. Often staffed in part by the formerly radicalized, they are on the front lines of the fight against right-wing extremism, a growing threat that is in the spotlight but which experts argue has long been neglected. The de-radicalization groups preach guidance and reform as experts call on the Biden administration to invest more in preventing and reversing the kind of radicalization that was on display in the attack on the Capitol, not just prosecuting individuals when the danger escalates to violence and destruction. So it's the whole, if you see something, say something right. thing. Yeah. Like, let's, let's get these into our group yeah. and re-educate them. Yeah. To think the way we think. Yeah. To comply with the way they're supposed to comply. Right. And if not, then what happens? Nobody hears. Do it. Yeah. Do they just disappear? <laughs> they, they send them to the farm up north. They get memory hold. <laughs> right. These are people who have chosen hate and ideology as a drug of choice to numb the pain of underlying issues and grievances. And so we treat this the same as we treat addiction, said Miriam Churchill, the executive director of Parents for Peace. A father co-found the group after his radicalized son fatally shot a U.S. soldier. Experts say de-radicalization can be a long and winding process, full of reversals, and emphasize the formal programs are just one tool in a sprawling fight against an overwhelming problem. Some say that hardened extremists are often beyond reach until a tectonic shift in their own life forces self-reflection. Says Brian Hughes breaks radicalization down in three stages. The people circling the drain and just considering extremist ideas. The hardcore, those who stormed the U.S. Capitol, and the people in between. So they go from those considering extremist ideas, which could be anybody right. that clicks on a website, right, to storming the U.S. Capitol. Yeah. Right. The greatest insurrection in yeah. the history of insurrections. Yeah. Somebody comes over for Thanksgiving dinner, and, and they say, yeah, I voted for Trump. Next thing you know, they're having an intervention. So this, this is funny here. Um, I was going to be done, but then I saw this. It says, the best time to step in is the circling the drain stage, where there is an opportunity to focus on teaching basic media literacy. It's, again, calling everybody that has a 
dissenting opinion. Right. Stupid. Right. Too stupid to understand what's yeah. really going on. Right. We need to teach them media literacy. We need to teach them how to understand what's right. going on yeah. in the world. Right. Because they're not smart enough yes. to understand. They need to understand what, what are sites that can be trusted and what sites are, are there to damage them. They can't make decisions on no. what to trust no. on their own, yeah. clearly. So we need to teach them how to disseminate this stuff on their like how to disseminate because they yeah. can't do it on their own. So we got to do it for them. Absolutely, right. It says far harder is breaking through to the hardcore individual. Change might require a jolt to the extremist personal life, a c- conflict with other members of the person's group, for instance. As a rule of thumb, the hardcore don't leave these moment- movements until they're ready to. Groups that aim to deprogram extremists take a highly personal approach to de-radicalizing that seems to be effective. Hugh said echoing others who study radicalization. So echoing others who study it. But Hughes said it's difficult empirically to measure success in, a, in such a person in almost idiosyncratic process. In, and almost idiosyncratic process. I don't know what that even means. Parents for Peace says it hopes a partnership with the School of Social Work at Boston College can help the group evaluate its work and eventually take on some of the workload. So they're looking to get help. But I don't know. This... Seems like probably at the core it was probably a good group, but the whole deprogramming and right. help teaching people how to understand oh, media. Yeah, it, it's very um, condescending. It is. So It is, and the whole, like, teaching you how to think. Yeah, did, right. Like, teaching you how to comply. Right. Teaching you how you're wrong, like yeah. your ideology yeah, is wrong. Right, right, right. It yeah. just, like, who decides what ideology is wrong in the right. first place? Yeah, exactly, exactly. I want to see a PSA on that, right? Like, do you think your loved one is becoming an extremist? <laughs> it's going to come. Yeah, I know. I, one. Can do we, you, do can you we or do a loved one suffer from extremist ideologies? Yeah. yeah. Call our hotline for re-education purposes. Two, two parents come in the kitchen and be like, George, I think Julia's boyfriend is an extremist. Oh, God, no. <laughs> not, not Johnny. We raised her right. <laughs> yes. So... In the same realm of this deprogramming concept, I found another article about the public defender of the January 6th insurgents is attempting to re-educate and deprogram her or his or her defendants. So not only is this public publicly assigned defender defending them, but they're also taking on the job of deprogramming and re-educating them. and re-educating them. That's beautiful. I love that term, re-educating. Yes, <laughs> because I mean, what does that tie to? Like re-education camps? Uh, yeah, uh, like yeah. gulags, <laughs> right? Yes, uh, nineteen eighty-four. And they, yeah, they make us, and they, they wonder why we <laughs> go there. I why know. we go there? Right, it's right. because they call them the exact same things. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like call, name it something less sinister, maybe. <laughs> I know. So this says the deprogramming begins. Public defender representing January 6th defendants re-educates them. It says, remember the potential re-education of Trump supporters that everyone said was a conspiracy theory? You <laughs> talked about that with the Bernie Sanders guy. Yes. Well, it turns out, um, as I said in this article, where I blew someone's comment on social media out of proportion, I don't know what that's referring no, to, says it's a fact. So far on a small scale, but having Americans re-educated politically in any way smacks of communism. Particularly pro- problematic is that it's being done on the taxpayer's dime. There's a nice little image of a guy getting plugged in. Right. 
says defendants in the January 6th Capitol case are being deprogrammed by their own lawyer. A public defender named H. Heather Shainer, we're assured by, we're, we are assured by Ryan J. Riley of the Huffington Post, has no option but to defend the January 6th attackers because who can't afford their own attorneys as gar- guaranteed by the U.S. Constitution laid out by the Criminal Justice Act. So, government-signed attorney because they can't right. afford them. He doesn't want to defend them. He has to. Yes. But she's she's also taking the opportunity to re-educate her clients so they aren't racist anymore. Oh. Reading books and then watching these shows is like a revelation, Shaner t- told the HuffPost. I think that education is a very powerful tool, so I gave them a book list and shows that they should watch. Is one of them Catcher in the Rye? <laughs> one of, yeah, <laughs> probably. Here's the movie list and reading list. Schindler's List is on the list. <laughs> Just Mercy, Bury My Heart at Wounded Knee, mm-hmm. Mudbound, Slavery by Another Name, and Tulsa Burning. Nice. So it says, Shaner's re-education program points out many of the worst moments in history, not just American history, to convince these white folks that they have been racist. The program suggests the Capitol protest, even though it was based on what many believe to be a fixed election, happened due to their inherent racism. So again, this is throwing this on as white supremacy, even as it says. Yeah. It was because of a supposed fixed election. Right, right. Yeah, and it's white supremacy. If they really want to make... I mean, some kind of... I'm sorry, I'm going to go on a soapbox. Yeah. <laughs> Bury my heart at Wounded re- Knee. All those soldiers who massacred those Native Americans got the Medal of Honor. Yeah. To this day, those Medal of Honors have not been revoked. Yeah. So you want to say that's a bad thing? Well, those guys are considered heroes. Still. So, still to this day. Sure. It says, while one of the books mentioned was not set in the United States, Schindler's List, most will agree the rest showcase some low points in American history, like you said. However, when combined and forced upon a client by an attorney to reform them, it seems to be the beginning of another low point in America, the persecution of those guilty for having different different political opinions. And that's where this is sitting, clearly, right now. It says, let's take a look at the other side. Small newspapers across the country widely picked up the article written by Julie Kelly for the website American Greatness. Kelly wrote a powerful argument about the danger of Shaner's actions. Here are a couple of the excerpts. Shaner's legal captives are learning the hard way what the government will do when one resists the commands to comply. Not only have their personal lives been shattered, finances depleted, and reputations destroyed by an abusive Justice Department investigation, Shaner's clients must be indoctrinated with leftist propaganda about America's alleged systemic racism. The purge of the populist mindset is underway, courtesy of the fetid beltway judicial system and the Joe Biden regime. Judges routinely lectured the January 6th defendants about the wrong think of a stolen election. While wrong think? <laughs> what this says. <laughs> this this person saying calling it that. While prosecutors openly mocked their political beliefs, including homeschooling and gun ownership. So it's basically they're going to spend however long up till their sentencing being brainwashed yeah. to think yeah. you only did this because you're a racist because um, everything that. All the yeah, all this shit that's happened in the United States yeah. rests on underlying problems with racism. Right. So obviously, um, because of this the systemic racism, you were uh brainwashed to think that this was this. Right. I mean, you didn't do anything wrong, it was your racism right. that did something yeah. wrong. That was indoctrinated you due to your homeschooling and, yeah. and due yeah. to the fact that you love guns so much, yeah. which is a racist thing in yeah. itself. And so, so, the, so these 
they're going to be on a televised trial, I'm sure. And that the and each one of them is going to have to read a a pre-prepared statement. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry for my hatred and my whiteness. Yes. Right? I, I yeah, this this kind of stuff is coming. Yeah, oh, absolutely. It's absolutely. hands down coming. And how does this tie into this domestic terrorism stuff because this is where it's heading. Mm-hmm. Like if you side a certain way or if you like a certain thing mm-hmm. or if you look at certain things online I mean obviously that's yeah. due to your your white supremacy and yeah. um we can tie anything now to white supremacy which inherently ties you and if and think about that every person who has white supremacist kind of views they have sentiments towards or like the push towards domestic terrorism right but every white person is born inherently i was just white supremacist so every white person so every white person has, has towards domestic a leaning terrorism. towards domestic terrorism yep. i was just gonna say that that's that's where this goes that's yeah. where it has to go <laughs> exactly based on what, what what they're all saying here yeah. but then how do do they stop with the white supremacy? Like, how far does this go? You, you, they're gonna do a litmus test, and you'll have to go out, and you're gonna have to, to give a statement apologizing for your whiteness, yeah, and offer to pay reparations, yeah, and then they will say, okay, well, this person can't be all that bad. I mean, they're still white, but at least they're offering to make up for it. I don't even think this ends with white supremacy, to be honest. I think this is where they start. No, I can because see that. this is where everybody is sitting. Their mm-hmm. mindset is like, "Oh, these militia guys are white supremacists," but it doesn't stop there. I mean, what? I mean, who all? Like I said, who does this affect for extremist ideology? Yes, it starts with white supremacy oh, because yeah. that is like, well, first of all, it's a boogeyman that right. you can really pin on anybody, yeah. and it's like something that you can't really measure, but. People can be like, oh, yeah, obviously the racism, systemic oh, yeah. racism. Because you're white. But then you can stretch it to other extremisms. Oh, yeah. Do the, Like you start here with these anti-extremist laws, and then you broaden this shit out. You're a Christian. Anti-maskers. Anti-vaxxers. Yeah. Um, homeschoolers. Homeschoolers. Libertarians. Yeah. Speaking of libertarians, I did have, I had a quote. It was from that, oh, what was his name? The former... Um, CIA guy, I think. Damn, where did all my articles go? Um, he basically said, like, white supremacists, these guys and these guys, and even libertarians. I, like, I think he, we've read that quote yeah, before. He, he, like, lumped them all yeah. in to get, like, libertarians in with it. Because, yeah. I mean, your anti-government sentiment there, yeah. your small government, like, yeah. I'm not saying necessarily, like, what we would consider anti-government, right. but... What they would consider anti-government. Taxation is theft. Like right. we said, that's the anti-government Absolutely. sentiment. Yep. So, yep. I mean, it all goes there. I was thinking about that whole standoff in Massachusetts yeah. last week. I mean, these guys looked dressed to the T like you would picture a white supremacist militia group being dressed to the T. But they weren't at all. They weren't anywhere close to that. Mm-hmm. Now you have this anti-government sentiment, like Muslim or Moorish group, that's looking like, is this the start to where they start branching past the white supremacy and start reaching into other groups? Is yeah. this where they start like, like point like 
you know, like I said, they start here and they start branching off because yeah. that doesn't follow this narrative, but we can throw it into this anti-government sentiment, right. this militia sentiment. Yeah, yeah. Where does this go from here? How dark, how deep does this really go? I mean, imagine your deepest, darkest, <laughs> and it can go there. Well, it can, because like I said, the broad definition yeah. makes it that you can just yeah. broad stroke paint across anybody and just yeah. be like, Oh, you you don't agree with uh, the vaccinations that are good for this country? You're extremist. Oh yeah. Um, you oh. have extremists. Oh, you're you're not vaccinated, and uh, um, I'm sorry, you're not fit to be a parent. We're going to take your kids from you. Uh, you homeschool? I'm sorry, you're not fit to be a parent. We're taking yeah. your kids from you. Right. I mean, it, again, it can go as as deep and dark as you want it to go. Well, I don't I mean, want it to go. We, anyway. <laughs> we've seen history go there. Right. N- constantly. And I have no reason to believe that America is any different. Right. You know, no. when you take authority and put it with um, this 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 hardline ideology, mm-hmm. and that's what this is. It's a hardline ideology because it's, they're going after people that don't share that ideology. Yeah. They want to make them compliant. Oh. I mean, it, it, you don't fit. You're, you don't fit in the system here. Yeah. Like, you're not. You're not playing by the rules. Yeah. You're not standing in line. I mean, go back and listen to our... It was one of our very first episodes where we talked, like, broke down the book 1984. Because oh, yeah. this, this shit just falls right in line with that. It does. And you can call it conspiracy theory all you want because everybody ties everything to 1984. This is exactly what their shit is. It's yeah. like, you're not yeah. following the dire- the agenda. You're yeah. not... Right. You're not complying. Yeah. Um, people, we're, we're calling on the people, the rest of the citizens, to, yeah, um, turn you turn people in. Or if you see something, say something. You hear right. that at the airport right. all the time. Yeah. Well, that was involving foreign terrorism. Right. Now you're gonna you're gonna hear that probably on like public television, like yeah. YouTube ads are gonna pop up. You see something, say something. If if one of your if you if you see it. Um, Warning signs of extremism. Report it to so and so, and or click here for support, and it's going to report directly to whoever. Right. And so, I mean, it it's coming. Yeah. It's, I mean, we saw the tests, the test, the trial run on Facebook. Yeah. yeah. Just wait till it hits the rest of social media. Yeah. I mean that. I I saw an article that said that the government was taking a whole society approach to fighting <laughs> domestic terrorism. That that's just what that is is turning in your your friend for right. for extremist views. Yeah, an ex wife that is pissed off at you can be like, well, this guy has a fuck ton of guns. Yeah, I mean, I think he has problems. So when, so putting putting two and two together and following the string, we had talked about. Uh, well, this week they have the um, was it the the cyber uh, paragon, Pentagon, uh, uh, cy- polygon, polygon, cyber, poly- cyber yeah. polygon going on. And so what if uh, there's a big uh, cyber hack and they tie it to a right-wing extremist group? I, I, I see it happen. I mean, they're tying them to Russia. Right, which you Which can... they're tying to right-wing extremist groups. <laughs> so it'd be really easy for them to connect the dots and be yeah. like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is here. couple more scary things. Then we got to get out of here. Oh, good. I got to scare you before we go. All right, good. So good. even the ACLU, which is predominantly left a left-side thing, yeah. is seeing how... This can start on one side and then end up in the wrong side, <laughs> like being bad for them. The other side. I mean, they they can see how this would affect. Yeah, there's right. everybody, not just right wing conspiracy theorists. Go away! What the fuck? So, um, 
This ACLU site says how the USA Patriot Act defines domestic or redefines domestic terrorism. So they made some changes. You sent me this one. Um, some of those changes, because it says Section 8, um, 802 of the USA Patriot Act expanded the definition of terrorism to cover domestic as opposed to international terrorism. A person engages in domestic terrorism if they do an act dangerous to human life, all that definition that we read. Um, it says, additional, additionally, the acts have to occur primarily within the territorial jurisdiction of the U.S. We talked about that. So it talks about some of the expansions of this. It says, the seizure of assets section 806 of the act could result in the civil seizure of their assets without a prior hearing and without them ever being convicted of a crime. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. So All right. you get accused of being an extremist. They can take your shit if they. Oh, yeah. It says if um, it says Section 806 amended the civil asset forfeiture statute to authorize the government to seize and forfeit all assets, foreign or domestic, of any individual, entity, or organization engaged in planning or perpetrating any act of domestic or international terrorism against the United States. Hmm. So they didn't even have to have done it if they're planning it. Right. Which, yeah. I mean, what constitutes planning it? Right. It says, um, or their property and all assets, foreign or domestic, affording any person a source of influence over any such entity or organization, or acquired or maintained by any person with the intent and for the purpose of supporting, planning, conducting, or concealing an act of domestic or international terrorism against the United States. So there's that part of it. I mean, that's that's big enough. Yeah. To really affect a lot of people. Oh, I mean, yeah. again, a broad stroke when you have a broad definition. Exactly. It says the civil asset forfeiture power of the United States government is awesome. The government can seize and freeze the assets on mere assertion that there is a probable cause to believe that the assets were involved in domestic terrorism. Mm -hmm. And it goes on to give some left-sided examples, like it talks about these, um, these like protest like left-wing protests, and it's like, in this case, their assets would have ta been taken because, or their property would have been taken because it was used in this right. um, in this thing that was considered domestic terrorism. Right, right. The next thing was disclosure of educational records. It says, um, the act requires a judge to issue an order permitting the government to obtain private educational records if the attorney general or is it designatee certifies that the records are necessary for investigating domestic or international terrorism. So I don't understand how that would be helpful. I don't know, but they can just go into your like, private well, education records now. Go back and be like, yeah, he was a horrible student. That figures. <laughs> it says no independent judicial finding is required to verify if the records are relevant. So the attorney general just designates it. There's no judge that has yeah. to say it. The attorney general is just like, yeah, just pull his records. He's good. Hmm. And there was some other stuff, but the biggest one there was um, the civil, the forfeiture. civil forfeiture one, the civil asset forfeiture. It says um, the ACLU does not oppose criminal prosecution of people who violate the law, even if they are doing it for political purposes. However, we do oppose the broad definition of terrorism and the ensuing authority that flows from that definition. And that's mm. the whole thing. It's a it's a power grab. Right. Absolutely, it is. Like we say about everything else, it's a power and a money grab. Yeah. Like we can pump more money into this endless boogeyman. Yep. 
And at least the ACLU is smart enough to see yeah. this goes both ways. Right. This isn't just a right-wing extremist thing. Right. This goes both ways. Yeah. We agree with um, criminal prosecution of criminals. Right. But when you put this broad definition of terrorism or right. extremism right. on things, yeah. that can go a long way. Absolutely. Yeah. Did you have anything else on that before I move to the next scary, the last scary thing? No, no. Continue. Because we are about out of time. And I like to end on a scary note. Yeah. This one doesn't particularly have to do with this case here. Okay. But we can apply it and see. We can see how it applies. We can see how it could get really ugly really quick. Back a few years ago. Okay. There was a couple. There were U.S. citizens of Muslim descent that were like reporters in Syria, maybe. Yeah, Syria. They were wrongly targeted by. Drones, like a drone attack. Okay. As they were targeted as terrorists, and they were nearly blown up. So they sued the government, saying they were wrongly targeted. Our government. They sued our government. Okay. So this case, in this case, in this lawsuit, it said, this goes on to say, because this says, the Justice Department asserts unreviewable discretion to kill U.S. citizens. Oh, beautiful. So it says, drawing alarm at the D.C., Circuit, a lawyer for the United States, argued Monday that the government has the power to kill its citizens without judicial oversight when state secrets are involved. Hmm. So this is the lawyer for the United States government. These guys said he wrongfully targeted us targeted with us. a drone. This guy says, we have the power. And they're like, we're U.S. citizens. And they're like, hey, these are state secrets involved. We have the involved. We have the power yeah, we to can kill our citizens. We can do that. Yeah, that's scary. This is probably based on certain terrorist laws that were out there at the time. Right. That are now transformed into mes- to domestic terrorist laws. That's why I'm saying, how far can they go with this? Well, yeah. Can a U.S. lawyer come out and say, government has the power to kill its citizens without judicial oversight? Yeah. The judge, U.S. Circuit judge says, do you appreciate how extraordinary that proposition is? He says... Uh, paraphrasing the claim, he's given the government the ability to unilaterally decide to kill its own citizens. <laughs> and that's basically what that lawyer was saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't want to go full-blown like crazy with this, but... Why not? When, Yeah, when, <laughs> when we are repurposing the yeah. anti-terrorism bill for anti-domestic terrorism, yeah. and we use some of those things to say, hey, we can kill people. Yeah, you're an enemy of the state. We can kill you yeah. indiscriminately. Yeah. Or... We have the pil- ability or the power to kill you without judicial oversight. You yeah. can't tell us we can't kill you because of state secrets. Right. I mean, what, what's the state secrets? Based yeah. on what? Yeah. So how, at what point does that turn to the other side? Well, and that's exactly. It's like, how can you say, okay, well, we have the, um, we have the discretion to say that you're an enemy of the state mm-hmm. because you don't comply. Right. Therefore, we also reserve the right to either re-educate you or end you, right? Or, like, blacklist you from society yeah. or excommunicate you right. or, you know. Like- but if you want to cry out on that and defend yourself or come out against the government, well, that makes you an enemy of the state. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's a big circle there. Yeah. It's a big, ugly circle. Yeah. 
And, and I mean, they're setting up. So I mean, I mean, there, there, there's not a real good. There's no way to really win that. No. Yeah. Right. I mean, without fighting back. But then, if you fight back, then you're uh, extremist. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's just so it's kind of a catch twenty two. Yeah. You know, you, so I guess what? Get your shots. Put on your mask and um, and give up your guns. Right. Give up your guns and, and you know and indoctrinate. Bend yourself. over and take it up the ass. Basically, that's <laughs> it. I don't have a happy way to put a bow on all of this. No. So that's why I ended with the scary part of it. I, I'll be curious to see how. The states react. Yeah. We've seen the governors in different states move to pass bills that will counteract different Biden stuff. Mm. You know, the the Second Amendment, um, the the critical race theory, uh, the transgender stuff, uh, the voter rights stuff. I mean, they, they've moved to try to block Biden in different ways. And so I'll be curious to see how this goes. Well, I see the federal coming out and being like, well, you... Don't you want to block this? Then we block our funding towards the state, all our yeah. federal funding for this or that, and then then what? I mean, well, I mean, it depends on the state. Mm-hmm. I mean, a state like Florida or Texas could be like, all right, we'll fuck off, basically, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. So, um, other states like I don't know Idaho or Wyoming, I don't know. Maybe they equally can say fuck off. I don't know, but I don't. Know. Yeah. I, I think it, again, I, I see it pointing us towards. Um, a big clash. Yeah, and that's probably what they want, is a big clash. And then they can yeah. crack down harder. Right. Because if there's a reason to crack down, right. I mean, again, it goes back to like the entrapment thing, where they give reason for the them yeah. to move in and like arrest a person yeah. because they entrapped him. Even right. though he had these ideas, but he hadn't acted on them, so we pushed them to acting on them, and then we can crack down on it. Right. Right. I mean, maybe that's what they're going for. Maybe they're Wouldn't pushing for this clash so yeah. they can crack down roll even out more. and crack down harder. Yeah. You know what? There's got to be a way to push it to build back better, you know? Yeah. And that means disarming the U.S. populace. Right. On that note, on that happy <laughs> note, Bill, we got to get out of here. All right. Don't forget to check us out all over social media. Tell us what you think about all this shit. Because, I mean, maybe we're just conspiracy theorists with well, extreme ideas. But the, the, that's what we do. I mean, we're, we're, we're drawing we're drawing the picture out, mm. right? I mean, this doesn't mean it's what it's going to be. We're just trying to show you, we're trying to connect the dots and show you what could be. Yeah. And that's all. Like, yeah. if you let things go too far, right. they could get too far. Exactly. I'm not saying the government's going to indiscriminately kill us, <laughs> but you can see where the terrorist laws right. led us to think as a government that we can indiscriminately kill our own right. citizens Absolutely. because of state secrets. Exactly. Without judicial overview. Yeah. So, we can see where... It could lead that direction in this domestic terrorist right. stuff. Absolutely. So pay attention to what's going on. Don't take things for granted. And don't click that goddamn button on Facebook no, either. No, leave it alone. Don't leave even click it alone. Don't even click the close button because they might be tracking that too. Shit. What, <laughs> God how damn do you it. even get through that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Just just let it sit there. Maybe get off Facebook. Just I don't know. But be be concerned. That's all we're saying. Yeah. Just be concerned. Right. Pay attention. Be concerned. Don't trust anybody. No, I'm just saying. Don't stop talking. Share this around. Exactly. Like we say all the time. Talk to people about this because yeah. a lot of people probably don't even look into this stuff because right. they're stuck to their Facebook yeah. or their YouTube or their TikToks or whatever the yeah. kids are. Uh, uh, well, and they're like, well, I don't do anything wrong, so why should I worry? Well, they, yeah, exactly. Right? Well, that's like us. We're like, well, we're not far right anything. So. Right. 
But then you see that people are coming out and specifically pinpointing like yeah. homeschoolers or um, libertarians or right. things like that as yeah. potential for extremism. Right. So things you wouldn't even consider as being dangerous or harmful. Yep. We got to get out of here, Bill. Check us out all over social media. Smack that like and share button. Share this all over with your friends. Um, get back here next week for another live stream episode next Monday, 7 Central Time, as always. Otherwise, get in here for the weekend wrap-up as we just tie up in a big, ugly bow all the bullshit that went on throughout the week. Because there's usually a lot. There's usually a lot. Have a great week. Once again, don't stop talking. Peace. Goodbye. The Break the Bell Podcast is brought to you by you. So pat yourself on the back because without you, we would be talking to ourselves. A special thanks to our Patreon members, Remzo and Justin. A shout out to our sponsors, Goulash Media, On the Run with Remzo W. Martinez Podcast, and Van Zot Media. If you'd like to help support us, visit patreon.com slash breakthebell or buy our garbage at breakthebell.bigcartel.com. Get back here next time and let us continue to invade your ear holes and as always, never stop talking.